Golight presents the Talking Bollocks Podcast. The hip knocker. Episode 41 the Talking Bollocks Podcast brought to you by Gowlow, the home of Irish Podcast. It's me, Tidy Flower. It's me, CLB. And this week we're joined by Glenn Murray, Glenn O'Reilly Murray, under the alias of Oscar O'Reilly. Explain that. Well, there's two people. Uh, the first person um, is Glenn O'Reilly Murray, that doesn't drink, doesn't do any outrageous stuff. And the second person is my ego, which is Oscar Rowley, that has done outrageous stuff, but he does not do outrageous stuff now. So I'm telling this story through my life experience. Doesn't do outrageous stuff is questionable. Yeah. We'll get into What's it. the story with this? How's your manager that? Where is this podcast going to go? I don't know. Do you know what I felt like on the way over here? Do you remember San Andres and that man, and your man's walking up, your man TJ, and he's like, oh shit, here you go again. That's what this is like. <laughs> well, speaking of that, just say I want to touch on one thing before you go into detail. Um, First of all, I'd like to thank you for part two. and um, Bringing me on here, you give people a lot of voice without rambling on too much, burn the ears off you. Last time you needed ice cubes, but straight up, you give people a lot of voice and you let me, you're Jimmy Ivan, Calvin, yeah. and you're Dr. Dre. You let me fly like Eminem. I'm the boy Eminem. Eminem is Alright, sorry. Sorry about him. Right, so, uh, Glenn, Soso, we call him. Why do we call you Soso? Why do we do that? Because of my dick, obviously. All right. Is that the real reason? Yeah. How did you get the nickname, Sasso? Because of me dick. Right, so, right, so that's why we call him Sasso. I don't, yeah, I mean, just, right, moving on. If this is your first time listening and you don't know who Sasso is, just stop the podcast, yeah? Go back to episode nine, we had Sasso on then, and that'll explain everything. So, you just go on and do that. We'll wait here for you, yeah? Go on. You have, what, what's it, two hours? We born the years Yeah, we'll just wait here. Just, everyone just wait here. Right, just, just walk right, away, just yeah? Like, you just go on, do what you said, Oh, man. You know why I did that? Because you can't stay quiet for five seconds, and neither can you. The two but that's why you were great. That's why you were in the middle. Because oh, no, if you were, if you were over there, you wouldn't, wouldn't move. Do you know what I mean? You have us both by the neck, what? Yeah. Right, so uh, we had Tasha on for episode nine. We touched on a lot of stuff based around what he's about. Travelled the world about 18 Twice. times with Nora Washer. Um, ADHD, OCD+, plus, all these things, mental sobriety. health. Sobriety. Unbelievable. Come on, have a listen to that. It's a journey. Um, so we got him back for the part two because we didn't even tip the blade no iceberg with him. So he's going to get into some of the mad stories about going around the world and what he's doing today. So before we do any of that, zingers from last week, right? right. Poxy so, so you had many... What's that was impressive on me, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, you're all right. You're all right, yeah. Get you, there, bro. You're all right. I'm all right there. Oh, I don't know. You've had 32 episodes, yes, in short episodes. Yeah, yeah. Have you got a zinger for us? I do, but it's oh, it's questionable. It's questionable. So so here's one. We um, might have to cut this, boys. So no, we won't. Prepared. We won't cut so it. So why don't we do the zingers from last week before we do this week's ones? Yeah, that makes more sense, doesn't it? Right. Let's go. So last week, uh, see when you jump when you're mate cycling a bike or something like that, and he tells you to jump on. Right, what you call that? Jump on the back. Jump on the back of that. What? When your mate's <laughs> on the bike on the push bike, yeah. Jump on the back. Jump on the back. What what what's that called? Saddler. A saddler. A, a, a Richie Sadler? A, a Sadler, <laughs> <laughs> no, you call it? When it's you jump backer. on the backer, backer, yeah. Do you call yeah. it a backer? Yeah, I think so. I don't know, I haven't jumped on the back of a bike <laughs> in years. It's not that hard, bro. What do you call it when you jump on the back of a bike? See, if you've seen a bloke on the back of someone's bike, what would you say he's getting? 
Just going on the back. <laughs> going on your back. Well, right, so if I got our agenda was to do uh, suggestion jokes, yeah? <laughs> oh, no. So my, my ADHD is to the roof. It, well, I... Ah, no, no. Well, I'll pass right. on that one, what? So, if I got 85% of people, right? Agenda yeah. 15%. I want to call you out because you fucked up. Because you said, what's the call when you're giving your mate a lift on the push bike? And people are saying, handlebars, crosser, backer, ah, jant, pegs, stunt nuts, seen everything. I've seen, I've seen, I've mm. fucked up. Yeah, my bad, my bad. Well, never okay, it's backer anyways. It is a backer, right? And then when you jump onto the back of a truck, remember years ago, you jump onto the back of a bin truck or a bus and like that, and you're holding onto the back of it. So when you jump... What do you call it when you're on the back of a fucking <laughs> truck or a, a school, van? Is it? A school. school. There you yeah. go. That's all we is wanted. That the that's all we wanted, yeah. Right, Joshua, right, that's sorry. all we wanted from you there. One Man, more. I'm running my mouth, haven't I? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, Scott and 74%, a jant 26%. A right? jant? Yeah, Jordan. People are strange. strange. A jant, look, yeah. a ganta jump, it sounds like. That's what it does yeah. say, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, sing, I have a singer. Well, I went two weeks without a singer. So, this week's singer's then, right? <laughs> okay, Terrence. <laughs> I'm, I'm delighted with this, I am. Yeah, no, it's not a great singer, but I'm delighted to have a singer, right? Because I hadn't got one for a word, right? So, when you order wings, do you prefer hot wings or barbecue wings? Buffalo or barbecue? Yeah, is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah buffalo well, or say, barbecue wings? I'd say, I'd say buffalo. Yeah, yeah, buffalo all day. Buffalo, lads, man, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. a friend of mine rang me earlier on and he was like, oh, yeah, I went out last night, got wings and whatever. Barbecue wings. I said, that's the most childish. Not a friend of yours anymore. No, no, no. I think so. they even took them off the market. They had to take, because I haven't seen them in ages. Bro, right? childish. Eating barbecue wings. But, John, what's actually funny you say that? Because when we had you on the last time, we got a load of chicken wings before it, remember? We were milling oh, the chicken wings before it, yeah. But it's mad when you look back on it now, isn't it? Like where we were, like so I remember the day exactly. I remember being on the phone. We were in my car sitting on where the new Bernard Shard is on top of the canal. Pissing down rain it was, yeah. waiting for him. You're on the phone to Paul, remember? Yeah. And I like, saw some money's coming on now, and he was like, no way, he's going to have some story. And we were there for about four hours. Yeah. I was great, though. Great crack. On that same level, back energy, on, energy. That seems like a lifetime ago. It does, doesn't it? Doesn't it? it? Yeah, it's nuts, yeah. mate. It was it's mad, mad. We've had about 100 zingers since then. Oh, really? Well, look at the energy, what you're doing, and you're giving people a voice because, you know, I don't want to shit on anybody or any uh, production company or, or anybody here, or any publisher, director, but... Over, I was saying it the year before I started, it's the last almost decade now, about six years now, I've appeared on so many TV shows, so many radio stations, and on my mad's life, I'm not just saying this for attention, they took me off. The only one podcast that didn't take cut me was you guys. Mm. And even getting messages off directors. I went to a screening, I was in the studio all day, gets a message, uh, I'm so, so sorry it happened again, Glenn, uh, you've been cut from the show because of the way I speak, and... When you guys, you, you let me fly and you also let everybody else fly and you give people a voice when nobody else is doing. So big ups, big energy, keep it up. Nice, nice mate. Yeah. Big man energy. Tell him that you know? few And you got a singer? Uh, I have and it's a, it's a bad one. It's yeah. not going to be as bad as press I covered, so. Well, yeah, but that wasn't our singer. True. Like, realistically. Well, it's, it's not going to get much worse. So. Oh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> It's Bell- not a quilter deal. <laughs> Bro, do you know what? That that was going to be one by next week. <laughs> Belch or 
pop. No, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Man's life, because I was going to use a few weeks ago and left me mind. Actually, shout out to my auntie Cardinal. She's one of the biggest fans. And she's the one that told me. Legend. I want to hang on. I need to address something as well. If you wanted a YouTube channel, yeah, Caroline is our biggest fan and mm. she comments on and replies to everybody's comments. And even comments. messages me all the time. Yeah, all the time. spicy old Caroline. <laughs> she is. But come here. <laughs> she, uh, she comments on the YouTube videos and someone was like, where can I get the earlier episodes, this, that, and the other, and she's complimenting us or whatever. And someone comments underneath it, okay, Calvin. And then someone replies to that, thanks, Calvin. Think, someone thinks that's me. It's your auntie. <laughs> and someone thinks it's me acting the bollocks. Like. Yeah, no. Catfishing yeah. the nation on YouTube. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, she's okay, because she's actually the one telling me to say that, and I forgot, but, uh, Belch pop isn't bad. I say Belch. Yeah, I say Belch. Yeah. So, show. What? Belch or Bob. Belch or what? Bob. Belch or Bob. Bob. I can't. Belch or Bob. I say Bob. No, Belch. I think Bob is a... Bob. Bob is a... Belch, I think I'd say a belch. Yeah, belch. yeah, it is a belch, yeah. Oh, your knee bag for belching in my face. Yeah, oh, that as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, belch up, Bob, right, stay tuned for uh, next week's single quilt or duvet. Right. <laughs> Someone chant us that. Did you see that? Oh, yeah, yeah, and I screenshotted it to remember it. <laughs> oh, that's bad. It's oh, a, yeah. Hell, bro, no one, in, listen to me, right? Nobody in the world calls you a quilt. Nobody. Not a person alive calls that a quilt. I know people that call it, right? A quilt. A quilt, yeah. A quilt. Yeah. Bro, no. sounds like a funny fact. What's that called? Queef. Queef. <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Oh, right. We're not even getting... We're not even... Oh, we're about four minutes into this podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, sweating. Oh, you right. am as well, what? Uh, so we move on. That's the English box off. Done and dusted, yeah. Right. Have you got anything you want to talk about? Keep on trying to hit that camera. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... So also, since you've been last on, people have grown fond of us for some reason and look for relationship advice of us now. So we're kind of turning into Re- two agony ants. Relationship advice as in? Yeah. Relationships. Relationship as in relationships, yeah. They look, yeah, yeah, well, you, we have the wrong person because... Uh, well, I think they have the wrong people with us too, so right. we dragged the guest in, you know what I mean? We have Brian Penny on, the fella is a neuroscientist, he has PhD in neuroscience. He was on heroin for 13 years and we're asking him, what do you think about this? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. somebody says, uh, his girlfriend is lying to him. What should he do? Believe Well, straight up. Uh, it depends what the lies are. She's lying about putting the blade and eating the digestives at four o'clock in the morning. It's grand. But if she's lying to you about, oh, um, I went home at two o'clock this morning, but she was out at six o'clock well, in the morning in a gaff party with a load of fellas. It's sort of like, right, see her That's different, but of yeah. Of course, you, ha- you have to explain the lies. You, know, yeah, you can't just go, yeah. she's lying, she's lying about what time it is, she's lying about... Well, in relationships with me, I, I only want, don't, you do what you want, you know, obviously, to an extent, go, do what you want, I don't drink, don't do drugs, you do drugs, you drink, you do what you want, but Emma Brennan is my new, uh, no, not life coach, he's my new relationship advisor, actually, I, I signed him up there two days ago, because he, he messaged me, he says, Glenn, you're blind, he says, you've no eyes, and I say, what, he says, you've no eyes, he says, you've been swimming with sharks, all your life, he says, you fall in love with a pack of potato, prawn cocktail flavour, you fall in love with an orange skin. So I think Emma Brennan is the man for relationship advice. I think we asked him relationship advice when he, he was on. Did we, yeah. Emma Brennan. He's so very good. You know what? He's very good at uh, pretending to at be humble. At pulling women, yeah, I'd say no, so. <laughs> pretending to be humble and wholesome. He's very good at, at pretending to the crowd that no, he's Emma's normal. No, Emma's a scumbag. But anyways, uh, if she's lying to you, mate, Call her, not, I don't mean call her out in a devious way. I mean, say it to her, saying, look, at, you said this, this, and this, and now you're lying, what's the story? And we address it and see what it's all about. 
Who knows, mate? You might be able to sort her out. More than likely, it won't be. If she's lying, she's obviously lying well, for it's a reason. Well, trust, isn't it? Trust. Yeah, but why is she lying in the first place? Exactly. Well, the way, the, way, the way I see it is, right, so certainly sober, I see things very clearly. So if you're in a relationship and someone's lying, and then in the future, if stuff happens or rumours, not even rumours, stuff happens, how are you supposed to, not, how are you supposed to believe her when she actually is telling the truth? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So when I guess one of the things that my psychotherapist was saying to me, he says, look out for red flags. And this is aimed at no one. It's, it's like, look out for the dangers because it can affect your mental health. It's not worth it. Do you know what I mean? So if, if, if they're lying, then obviously it's for a reason. You know, it's going to affect your mentally. How can you trust somebody that, that's lying? Simple. No, definitely. To the extent that it lies. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Even white lawyers are ridiculous, you know what I mean? Even yeah, yeah, there's no did point. you eat the digestive at four in the morning? <laughs> Why did you say no? Just say yeah and we move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people yeah. just do that though, don't they? Yeah, Some people yeah. just want to Well, I'm, yeah, I'm a compulsive well, exaggerator. We, we, know, we know plenty of people that lie. <laughs> just for the sake of lying. Yeah. Why are you lying, bro? Good invention of lying, great. Yeah. I, basically, I've been at a celebration of someone's birthday and that person turned around going, it's not even my birthday. And I'm like, why would you even say that? Do you know what I mean? Why? Because it's your birthday. Yeah, yeah. Why? Because it's your birthday, and you're telling people. No, but see, I love exaggerating. Never running off his calls me out. Like if I got chased by three dogs, I'd, I'd say, I'd fabricate the story. I'd say, ah, ninety-three dogs and a werewolf chased me. Gavin yeah. Pella. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Exaggerate, but I don't mean that. I don't lie. Yeah, but, but that's different. There, like, well, you're out to lot up, uh, fucking Completely all hours, yeah. fucking up to all sorts. Yeah, or yeah. did you eat the digestive biscuits? Or did yeah, you leave the immersion on? You know all yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, I get you. I get you. Yeah. But right, uh, so that's that box off. Yeah. You happy? Fresh. Right, fresh. Uh, another thing, obviously, lads, we have to touch on. I feel like we touch on it every fucking couple of weeks. Oh, what's going on here? You look serious. I am serious, bro. Oh, I hate when he gets serious. I hate this because he doesn't tell me the suggestions every week. So I, I do know, the thing bro. he does the suggestions. By accident, this happened. So I don't know what he's going to come out with. And I know it's serious. Yeah, but like I was just saying, did you, as aunt, uh, you wanted to talk about? No, 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 no. no, no. But uh, we seen we got sent this video a lot uh, of the young blood sound in East Hall stabbing. Yeah, we did. The other young blood. I feel like well, we have to touch on this every couple of bleeding weeks or so about what noise crime. Just young blitz carrying kind of noise. And you know what? That's like legit, that's all the artists. Young blitz stuff, 15, 16 mm. years of age, carrying a knife. Uh, there was an attack on a young blitz in East Wall last week. A lot of people asked us to touch on it. I personally, right, I, I can't wrap my head around what you're getting from carrying the knife. I don't think there's a need for them to actually be carrying the knife. They're not in danger. There's about 20, 30 of them on push bikes. They go in, stab this young blitz in the chipper. The young is about 15 as well. I don't get what they're getting out of it. Like, it's... It's become... It's, it's a complex, you know what I mean? It's like, they feel the need to carry this, like, small man syndrome. I'm going to use this knife as a status symbol. I carry a blade, but they don't realise how delicate life actually yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. If you stab someone, there's no way you can delicately stab someone. So you know, or if I stab him here, he's, he's going to be hurt for the live. There's no way for them to actually yeah. do that. And they don't realise that you could take someone's life at 15. You're taking a child's life, but also you're going to ruin your own life. You're going to be up on a life sentence then. You know what I mean? And you start this never-ending the cycle then. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. And I just don't care. It's so unnecessary. There's no need for you to be carrying a knife in well, I was actually, I was actually stabbed in the head and stabbed near the heart in, in reds and can relate to that. But it's like... I think we that, actually touched on this in the last episode. Yeah, yeah. But I think personally that it's it's a lot of... I was saying to Terrence earlier before we met, you would not believe the amount of underdiagnosis in Ireland. And there's a method to every man's madness. And... I believe, I believe with all my heart, if you're carrying a knife, there's obviously mentally you're not there in the head. You can't because to them it's normal. Like for when I had a drink problem and I was on my rocker and the same with anyone else, you think it's normal. So for somebody to carry a knife in the system and in, in Dublin City, they think that that is normal. And then 
they're in the system, they're in prison, they're back and forth. To them, that's normal until so, sometimes, like, I'm lucky to get out. Yous are lucky to get out. We don't drink here. Do you know what I mean? But if you think of the amount of people that actually don't get out, do you know what I mean, of drink, of, of people that, like, mm. I didn't know I had OCD, ADHD, <clears throat> traits of other stuff, right? You didn't know, mm. you know? So they have that. That's what I believe. They, they suffer with underlying mental health or mental illnesses. They don't know. Mm. And that's the dangers of... That's why I'm here to raise awareness of you of yeah. doing yeah, that. The, the, the problem we have with it is the, like not, you can't say that for every single one of them. Yeah. So a lot no, of these kids course, are, of are out to try and prove a That's point what I'm saying. I think it's a status thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Pierce yeah. Ternans don't mess with him. He'd slice you. Like, he, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you always heard them people growing up. Do you ever hear them people, oh, you wouldn't mess with him. He'd stab you in the hand. Oh, just small time drug dealers and all and just trying to make a name, yeah. That's what I'm saying. But they're young, they're 15, 16, I wouldn't mind, but they're well-dressed. They're on good push bikes. So they're coming from decent families. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. there's something it's, they're lacking. I, I agree with what you're saying. To there's, an extent, there, there's yeah. something underlying. They're probably mad, self-conscious, or anxious, and they feel like they need to stand out in the crowd. They need to be that young yeah, that's carrying yeah, the yeah. fucking yeah. carrying the knife. But what it does? Did, I'm going back to the knock-on effect it's having. When people see then a group of young people just out cycling, they're gonna be like, one of them probably has a knife. You know what I mean? It should never be. And it should never be like process, that. Yeah. Mm. You know. So and ah, oh, it's it's a tough one because. How many times have you had to fucking say around this? I oh, know, yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it is. It's poxy, yeah. I reckon if you go back through every episode we've had, this we've probably have about two hours, three hours. A whole episode could be dedicated to talking about this amount of time. Yeah, yeah no, no, of course. Yeah. I'm nearly sure yeah. we're Emma. We touched on him when Emmett was on, and that we was only touched, a couple of weeks ago. We touched on the Jack Willie one. But like you were saying, uh, it, it is that like effect that's having on people then, because like we were saying, nobody should have to hesitate about going down certain roads in your own city or in your own place, you know? So... There's a lot of people that have messaged us that said that they'd never go down to Kays because they're afraid because the gangs on the Kays and the trouble on the Kays yeah. lately. And then we see what happened to one of our Olympians and things like that. That should never be a thought process in your mm. head. Oh, I can't go down that road because there's always something there. You know what I mean? We of can't be just yeah. fucking love. You know, when you, we were all that age and you're all like, you have different gangs. Like you're from this area, they're from that area and people meet up and nine times out of 10, fuck all ever happens anyways. Yeah. But now these young are going down and stabbing each other. Like, what is actually it, there's nothing is there achieving now. No, but there's not. They're trying to prove themselves and and it's 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 scary. I I've been I travelled the world for almost a decade and I'm not just saying this, I I'm more scared walking in town than I am in the streets of Columbia and being in Pablo's hometown of Columbia, walking around the middle of the night. But in Dublin it's like I I used to walk in the Ivy up in Canada Tree and walking down there every night. Like during the COVID pandemic, all the stuff, I was the only one really, and night time 11, and the amount of times that almost attacked and scary because it's happening mm. a lot and it's not, it's not being addressed. It's, it's not being addressed enough, you know? Yeah, and it, like we wouldn't be the biggest fans of the guard, uh, or the way the guard do things, like we think that th yeah, they've certain things in place that shouldn't be in place and the way they act in certain situations and the way things are ran is there's a lot of problems there. But, I think they need to make a statement of intent on people carrying knives and knife crime in general. Just so, even if you're caught carrying a knife, give them a certain amount of years off yeah. their back. Because yeah. why have you got the knife? Right? Or just it, obviously an intent. And especially if, if they're caught stabbing someone. There's too many cases where people are caught, like they, they've been caught for knife crime, right? And they get eight years and they get three knocked off a good behaviour, they'll five years for it. Yeah, look, it's only five years. There should be a statement of intent from authority to sting these cunts and go, for the, for the next yeah, person yeah. to go, he's had to do an 18 yeah, 20 year for that, 
Four. Well, but if in America, they would. If, if, you America, stab someone, would. if you stab someone, that tem- in my eyes, that's attempted murder. Because, like I said at the start, within you, the blink, yeah, you yeah. can't bam, actually bam. know. If we exactly. put a blade in him, he's going to be all right. Whereas if we give Terrence a bang with a bat in the arm, I know he's not going to fucking die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. But if we stab him, I can't say that that knife won't hit an artery or hit artery, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. how delicate it actually is in that situation. I know too many people that died. On sh- like, and even in innocent people. Innocent that, people, but like that, yeah. little things like what happened to Artie was out and something was said and he stabbed him and then that yeah. young boy is dead. He's even gone. people and all, like it's mad girl boys. Like, and they're just... like, oh, he didn't mean to kill him all. Then why the fuck did you put a blade in him? Mm. You know what I mean? You just don't yeah, realise yeah. this stuff, No, lads. no, no, of course. And how easier it's just to intervene and be Because like, then you, know you can't... I yeah. won't take a knife with me when I go out with the boys later. Why are you bringing a knife? You're not in that, your life is not in that much danger, trust me. Because I know people with threats on their life that don't carry knives. Yeah, yeah, no, I know, I know, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, lads, just cop on me. You know what I mean? Mm. Fucking heads wrecked over this. Sorry mm. about that, lads. No, I'm with you on it. I agree with no, you. Of course, delicate situation, yeah. Right. Oh, do I lie? Oh, no. Look, listen, it had to be said. It had to be said. Mm. I think you did a good job at that there, yeah? Uh, I lie, I oh, know. Into the Shasha belly, yeah? Glenn yeah, O'Reilly yes. Murray, Oscar O'Reilly, whatever you want to call yourself, Shasha Murray, whatever you want. Uh, You're looking at me. Oh no, what, what do you want me to do? Do you want to do it? <laughs> 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 so this is going to be part two, so, so, yeah, so, do you want to give us a quick brief on why we had you on for part one and what we discussed in that? Now, a quick one, because yeah, part just, one <laughs> was long. Yeah, so, so anyway. Give us a synopsis. We, we we'll put the glasses we, on. We, wait, wait, hold on, no, no, we'll <laughs> save the glasses. Where is my glasses? Do you have my glasses? No. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, well, we, well, part one was uh, a lot of related to, to Terence, as in ADHD, so, um, a brief, short brief, anyway, um, boxing background, trained alongside Darren Sunderland, Olympians, Dino Murphy, Keith Boyle, Emma Brennan, um, used, I became Irish champion, straight from there, um, left Ireland um, 2012, with no experience, was on welfare, um, sounded like Conor McGregor, they were repeating that, but... Uh, Conor McGregor's a legend, actually, by the way. But um, <laughs> I would have, I would have done the same if I had seen Megan Fox straight away. I would have asked for a picture. Machine Gun Kelly, I would have threw more than a drink over, and I would have jumped over the barrier, stood on the shoulders, and all to get a picture. But um, anyway, yeah. So back to that. So basically, um, travelled the world for the good part of ten years, living this fairy tale life, living twenty one hundred meters in the French Alps, the Cook Islands, Barcelona, everywhere, working with crocodiles, travelling with circuses, living this fairy tale life. Um, while I was living this fairy tale life, I suffered with ADHD, OCD, and the pluses for a lot of other traits of the puff of madness, they like to call it, they maybe psychosis, other stuff. Um, and I suffered with alcoholism, drank a lot, probably the maddest stories that, that happened to me, but at the time I thought it was normal. So I became sober, to, to end the story, became sober. When did you become sober? Um, 2000, 2000. 2018, I think it was. So three years now, so 2021, 2018. Yeah. Um, became sober. I was living in a castle in castle wall in Sweden. And basically, what I thought was, I thought I wanted, when I became sober, I, I thought I wanted to be, become a chef. Because I found out that, like, does, I have all this extra energy that I can, I can work 130 hours a week. I can work as much as I want and nobody can break me. So I started lying, talking my way in some of the most prestigious kitchens throughout the world. And... New Zealand, the whole lot. And when I got to the Cook Islands, to end, to end the, the first story, um, it was everything I imagined. I wanted to get there all my life. I imagined this, one of the most secluded islands in the world called Atataki. So I got there, and um, when I got there, I suffered a mental breakdown. It was, I was isolated, a 19-kilometer island, Lanham White, 
And, you know, to to cut into a deep, a severe mental breakdown. I was alone with my thoughts. Everything came back. And why, why that happened was all the toxic trauma and all the shame of what I'd done under the influence surfaced. And that's why I suffered suicide tendencies because I couldn't deal with what drink made me do. Um, and then, no excuses, but I not only thought about harming my own life, but harming my bosses. I was going to kill them stone dead. And then I was going to go straight over to One Foot Island, which is one of the most secluded islands in the world. Wrote a suicide note on the island, sent me journals and me books home. And my life coach, Kid Dynamite, he doesn't want to be named, um, was going to send me books home to him and do that. But something appeared over me to not do it. My mother called me. No, I called my mother. I was actually on the way to kill my boss, believe it or not which was barbaric, obviously, killing the bosses. He, he didn't deserve it because I was the one that was suffering, but he was, he was a monster, but it was because of him that I was in the Cook Island, so I can't blame anybody but myself. So then what I learned was, escape the island in the Cook Islands. Uh, somehow my ma talked me over. She says, you're the best lawyer in the world. You know, Glenn Lloyd to get out there. And um, flew out and left the island and um, looked down at my feet and had a pair of orange bright crocs on and just start falling. The first time I laughed in nine months and it was uh, I escaped the Cook Islands in a pair of crocs and I lived to tell the tale. So I was like, that's it. Emma Brennan has been telling me I'm 34 now. Got, got assessed when I was 31. Emma Brennan is telling me since I'm 14. He says, Glenn, you're the most mentally disturbed man. I know you need to seek help. And I say, Emma, I'm deadly. You're just jealous. You're just jealous. <laughs> and he says, he says, Glenn, listen to me. He says, I'm your friend. I says, you're just jealous because you're, you're sure. He says, if we look like you, we'd be dating a TV presenter. He says, Glenn, listen to me. Get assessed. And because of him, people like him, he keeps <coughs> on my toes. Um, we'll get to another story about him in a minute. But uh, yeah, so that's it. Came home, got diagnosed with ADHD, OCD, and learned the law. So came home, and the mission was, Roy, cooking makes me miserable. Um, I want a career in the arts, directing, creative writing, writing novels, plays, and went back to play school, as in with kids, learning the difference between there and there. I actually forget now. It's embarrassing because I started Trinity College today and I'm not messing, I don't know the difference between there and there. <laughs> Touching on ADHD quick before we start part no, two. No, no, nothing's quick. Relax, but anyway, OCD, ADHD, I, I learned that when you eliminate drugs and when you eliminate drink... Um, Sorry, Sasha, to interrupt you, yeah? You've never done drugs. No, but I've spoke to, I've been spoked a few times, so I can't. Yeah, but you you like as in you're talking about being sober and all, but that's just strictly from alcohol. You never used alcohol. to go out and just No, just alcohol. Yeah. I've never done a drug in my life bank. because if I willingly done a drug in your life. If I if I done a drug, I'd I'd kidnap uh, Emma Brennan's nanny, put her in the boot of the car and bring her up the Wicklow Mountains if I done drugs. Mm. You know, stuff like that, because a loopy, you know, a loop case. But anyway, OCD, ADHD, what I found, I found Almost like you could say a gap in the market, right? That I learned that in the humblest way possible that you can do anything with your life if you obsess enough over it. So you take the energy from ADHD, <clears throat> you take the obsession from OCD, you put it together, you have all, like, I have, I would say, so drunk, drunk land, drunk Oscar would have like two days in the week. No, a day and a half in the week because I'm over acting the bollocks. Sober Glenn has. Eight days in the week, if that makes sense. I can I can stay awake for 24 hours, no problem, and do, do what I love. So anyway, used used my underlying condition to travel the world to for 10 years anywhere to get sober. And then the biggest challenge was Trinity College. I want to be an artist. I want to be a director. And 
went back to play school. So then what happened was, recently what's been happening after the last podcast, um, my teacher pulled me, was in a bit of a dark place, and she pulled me and she says, Glenn, I should, this was last year, you should think of your academic future, you know, it's college enough, you, what do you want out of life? And I says, well, I want to wear lemon suits, peach suits directing players, um, eating red velvet cheesecakes and just being in the director's chair and expressing, I could never express on a play my my life, or me as a person. Well, you give it a good fucking bash because the stuff you do be cooking, I've never heard of in my life. <laughs> but yeah, but anyway, so so I stayed awake for two weeks, um, practically 22 hours studying. I had to get 99% of my last test to get into Trinity. And it was a history test on the famine. And um, I got 99% in the test and got in. And we're learning difficultly. So it's for kind of what I'm trying to express is with ADHD and OCD, when you finally accept that you have it, because you know, Terence, yeah. there's underachievers and overachievers. And the underachievers are the people that is afraid to accept their almost. You can use it as like a superpower. And that's what I've done. So that's what I've been doing. I got into Trinity, started today. Well, I should be there now, but use them all. You're on the, the mitch. <laughs> well, they won't let me talk like this in there, will they? So that's why I'm here, what? Yeah. <laughs> Just express you yourself. Know, you express know. yourself. You're free to run in here. So, oh, Dr. Dre, Jimmy Oivin. So go back to, I'm um, speaking to the audience here, yeah. So go back and listen to episode nine. Where so, so you'll get the whole start to finish of what happened on that trip and how he got out of there and how he got to where he was. When was that? December? Oh, January. Was January. it after, after Christmas, got you on? I don't know. Yeah, it would have been it? after Christmas. Yeah, January, February, it would have been. Mm. Yeah. So, since then, Sasso, right, what have you been up to since the start of the year? So, so I'm going to be totally <coughs> honest, and um, it's very hard for me to even, man, it fucking kills me, man. Uh, so, um, last year, my nanny died, and um, the day before my nanny died, man, it kills me. Fucking hell, I'm gonna get dead for this. I'm like, <laughs> but anyway, anyway, my nanny died. Um, the first woman in my entire life, my nanny that could see past the chaos, encouraged me to be me. The only the only girl that woman I could talk to. So I came home to get professional help, had nowhere else to run, had nowhere else to run, ran all over the world. I was sitting in the park, we talked about on the last podcast, in all orange, orange trousers, orange, orange suit jacket, and Orange, I look like Elton John, the straight version. <laughs> and uh, basically, couldn't deal with me nanny going, who the fuck am I going to talk to? And um, so here we go, right? Get ready for this one. Never scroll on Facebook, Instagram maybe. So a white chocolate for a Roche bar was on Instagram or Facebook. And I was like, this... It made me so happy when my nanny was dying, and I was like, this is not normal, my obsession with chocolate, you know? And then I clicked into the picture. Oh, my God. Who the fuck is this, right? Crinkly hair, blonde hair, unbelievably looking. A miracle, right? So clicked in to message the girl, seeing a message that I sent her already a year before. Creepy message. Didn't write back, obviously. And then I was like, I have to message this girl. My nanny was on her deathbed in front of me. So anyway, straight up, let's call this girl Angie Simmons, Roy. A miracle. She's a miracle. Um, so met up with COVID. Ended up falling in love. It was the first girl in my entire life that seemed past the chaos. So I like to describe rare souls as miracle energy. You know when you meet somebody that walks into the room and people bow before her 
and people like, you know, man, people, she just makes people, everyone in her presence feels good. And she only cares about everyone else. She doesn't care about herself. A miracle, and you wouldn't believe what. She's very lucky to be alive. She's one of the luckiest girls alive, and she, she's a miracle. Fell in love with the best girl in the world. So I thought, spent a year and a half with her, and um, she appeared the day my nanny died, you know, in the graveyard, which was, I think my nanny sent her to, to guide me anyway. So what happened was, oh, yeah, spent a year and a half with her, best year and a half of my entire life. I had too much energy, and she didn't understand it, and she, she had a lot of energy. But anyway, best year and a half. What she's seeing, how she could see it, and how she could pull me on, you know, the way people think, and it doesn't matter, do you know what I mean? She got me, because of her, she got me into Trinity. Because of her, she has opened my whole mind on, on life. She's an absolute miracle. But anyway, we started to clash. Didn't work out. Um, no one's fault, not my fault, not her fault. But, whoa, man, whoa. A miracle. One of the most powerful women I was very fortunate to meet. And so, with ADHD, so emotional, so attached, so obsessive, so much energy, and, like... When I give somebody my whole heart, it's, oh, I'm so loyal, so, certainly sober, you know? Miracle, it was, it was perfect. It was, it was a fairy tale relationship. I felt like, when I was with Angie Simmons, right, the best way to describe it, in her presence, it felt like that I was running across a chocolate marshmallow field with pink bunny rabbits licking my ears. That's what I felt like. I never felt like that in my entire life, you know? Then, then, started to clash. Not, not walking out, we tried everything. Just wasn't working out. And then we split up. When, it's, when we split up, it killed me. I'm talking like a breakup with ADHD is like straight up. I lost one of my best friends through mental health, right? And straight up, two months ago, when I lost my girlfriend, it was worse than losing my best friend. But that's probably because you can't ride your best friend. No. Back to the series. No, <laughs> no, but, no, but seriously, it killed me. My heart. No, you can't be down that. No, nah, what do you mean? What do you mean? You can't do that. I have a lump in my throat. Yeah, I'm, you know I'm, I'm relating to you so much. <laughs> you need to talk about We'll have to make you laugh because I was going to start crying. I don't want people I'll to be cry crying. With you. Cry. No, I'll cry with you. I'm not crying. Big no, man cry, bro. I'll cry with you. Bro, you can't do that. If I get locked up and they see me crying on this podcast, they know I'm an easy target. No, come here, bro. Half the people in there probably have been on this podcast. Was that close? You had me, you had me, and then and and see that's, that's say, I'm, I'm hearing the name of Art, right? Anyway, no, uh, <laughs> no, but on a serious note, back to Ooh. Angie Simmons, right? So, right, give me so, hang on for a minute. Go. Why did you say Angie Simmons? Why, what, like, I know it's a, an a, alias, yeah, but why Angie Simmons? <laughs> what made you say that name? Because she looks like an Angie Simmons, all right. Because I thought you were going with the whole Dr. Dre. Who's Angie Simmons? Is, is that not, <laughs> what's Russell Simmons' board's name? Is her name not Angie Simmons? Something no, Simmons. Do you know Russell Simmons? 
Now, in the Run DMC's brother, your man Rev Run's brother. Now, anyways, yeah, hip hop leading history lesson here, COB. Someone's gonna look this up and butcher me. God, I've got a fucking clue he's talking about. <laughs> Come on, Tasso, sorry. Yeah, so, right, so, back to what you were saying, right? You broke up with the missus. Yeah, and, and, and it killed it, me. The heartbreak now, was worse talking, than actually losing boy, someone physically. Right, so <clears> so the thing is, we're, we're relationships. Back to talking relationships. Straight up from the bottom of my heart, right? What I learned is, right, with life, right? In order for me to stay alive and stay happy, right? In order for me to stay alive, I have to be happy. In order for me to be happy, I have to do what I love, right? Regardless, The Alchemist book, right, by Paul Cohen has changed my life. Because I've done every job in the world. I lived all over the world, right? In, in a humble way, I can be anywhere now cooking or, or doing jobs. I know I can, can live anywhere I want, but that is not going to make me happy because I'm passionate about, right, if Picasso had six months to live, what would he do? Do you think Picasso would be working in the kitchen? Picasso would be, be painting pictures. So that's why I have to do. So if anybody gets in the way, and I love my mother and, and anybody else, but negativity must be eliminated because happiness, right? What I learned is, Jesus Christ, I sound like Will Smith after him catching his board cheating on him. But um, no, so uh, basically, I have to do what I love, right? And I can't let anyone get in the way of that. So I, I can only make myself happy. Angie Simmons can only make herself happy. We can share happiness, right? We can share happiness when we are content and fully focused. But, but still, still, that relationship, that hurt more. Like, I was in such a bad place when I lost my best friend, but I was even in a worse place. So straight up, um, two months ago, he split up, killed me, and still even kills me to this day because... Spelled so much. It was a connection. You know when you connect with someone? It was a fairy tale. Like, literally, like, Cinderella fairy tale, how, how I seen it. One of the most powerful girls I've ever laid eyes on. And anyway, back to it. Split up. So, I've done CBT. CBT, Cognitive Behavior Therapy. Course on, on life skills. So, I know, I've learned that. Right. I, when I wake up, I need five liters of water. When I, you know, I, I've got the tools to know what makes you happy, right? But I didn't eat five days, right? Didn't he for five days? I was in bed. I could not deal with the breakup, right? Because, because it was such a miracle and because of how she paired with me nanny. And in my head, I was like, well, I don't think I'm going to get somebody like her again or somebody even close because she's that powerful. And it killed me. It killed me. But I knew it was the right decision for both of us because I want her to be happy, but I need to be happy. So sitting there, and I was just thinking to myself, right, how am I going to get out of this negative rut? And how, what is going to make me appreciate life? So then I says, right, living this life, or li the life I lived for 10 years, hitchhiking, you know, living on beaches, doing this life, what is going to make me appreciate life? I felt like death. I felt like I wanted, if I'm frankly honest, I was... In my friend that caught me here, Lockie of Pattern Barbershop, I was looking out the window in uh, Dame Street, top of Dame Street, and I closed my eyes and I visualized putting on a four jacket or a see through Mac, down on five bottles of whiskey, and just causing murder. I was hating life. And at the time, a lot of people close to me, it just happened that a lot of people went back on drink and drugs around me, my circle, you know, and they, it, was, it was toxic coming in, and plus a breakup. So I was like, Right, I need to get away, get away from this. So I was like, right, I have enough life experience. I'm not a psychiatrist. 
like don't tell people how to live their life, but I have a lot of experience of overcoming addiction, and I think some people relate if I put myself out there on a, on a, on, a, on Instagram, and decided to hitchhike to raise awareness for the dangers of mixing alcohol with your mental health. Now, I want to touch on this just really quick. Drink. A lot of people don't understand. People think, oh, I can't be around drink, or people think that, you know, I'm not saying everybody should stop drinking. My ma, for instance, drinks. She's the funniest person in the world. When I drink, you know, I, I walk into the GPR with Roman candles, you know, thinking I'm in the IRA and just starting chewing them. Just outrageous. Do you know what I mean? So that's, and the dangers of mixing drink with your mental health. So that's when I decided hitchhiking is going to bring me back from the dead, right? And I sit here now, two months ago, couldn't get out of bed, was in the darkest place in my life, couldn't deal, was broken, was, it was the darkest time, it was the, it was the same darkness of suicide in the Cook Islands, it was the exact same, and I haven't felt like that since the Cook Islands, which was two years ago, and it was the exact same, and even back to you, people think it's all roses, rainbows and butterflies, sober, but when stuff like happens, we are thrown with stuff at us every day of our life we're throwing obstacles and it doesn't stop the pain is constantly it's pain pain every day but it's how you deal with the torn it torn a broken heart into art basically and that's what happened from the hitchhike and then the next thing i want to touch on so you were talking about being in a dark place and you needed to get up and go and hitchhike do you feel like you have and i know you do have the energy and you're constantly out of all of energy do you think you need to constantly be challenged channeling that energy into something and the hitchhike thing just was the right thing for you because you can say oh yeah I'm going to hitchhike but you actually really do need to pay attention to what you're doing you need to get from A to B every day on minimal amounts of phones and shit like that so do you think that's what kind of stuff you need constantly something to channel your energy yeah well well back to back to speaking of ADHD in terms so everything like I'm the type in a humble way of like I need a challenge. So, back to boxing. I was too skinny. I'd never win an Irish title. I'd be wrote off. But I'd obsess. I'd use the OCD, the ADHD, extra energy, hyperfocus, whatever. Become Irish title. You're only going to last a week traveling, right? I'm going to find a way. I was never the best chef in the world. I was, I was always the worst chef on the team. But I'd always work harder than everyone else. And everybody talks about work ethic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I have paychecks of 135 hours a week. And people be on the line and they get sent away because they couldn't hack, you know, getting shit. Like, you you bore me with forks, I'll stay there right in front of you. Because when I want something, straight up, I come from a council estate in Sheridan Court. But um, I want what's better. Certainly, certainly sober. You know, I believe I deserve better than a council estate, so I'm going to lie and I'm going to assess. So a challenge, I need, my mind, I'm so out there. A lot of people, you know, make me out to be crazy or like, of course, you're living in a, you spend a week in a cave, 100 hours fast and we'll get to that. But I need a challenge. Like Trinity College, I've learning difficulties. Do you know how hard I have to concentrate, right? I have to fast constantly, right? I have to train every day, right? I don't take medication, right? So I have to, when I have tests, yeah, like, let's say I have a test on the famine. I had to watch the famine film, right? 14 times. I had to read books, like, 20 times, right? Then I had to YouTube the stuff, right? So that, to me, is a challenge. But with the hitchhike, I knew COVID, it's going to be hard to get picked up. Two, it's, I have 
45 days to do it. And in the mean, meantime, the 100 hour fast, I need, need to do this. I done that trip, right? One, for my own mental health. Because I knew, first of all, I was at home on my own. No one was there. No one was there. So I had all this time to think. And I had, you, you have people to help, you know, Darren Morgan, John Bowling, Emma Brennan. But they're off doing their own thing. They can't be there 24-7. Can't mind you, like. So, so they can't mind you. So when you're there with your own thoughts, when I'm not making people laugh, I think about death 24-7 a day. And I think about the, the question of the, the meaning of life, right? What's the point? Why am I waiting to die? I completed life. And I don't want to sound like a prick, but you know the stuff no, no, that you I did have. anything you wanted yeah, to do. I do everything that I wanted to yeah, do. Yeah. Many a life. So what's what's next? And and that's the question of death is when I lose somebody so close, it's like, right, life is out to get me. So what's the point? What's the point? It's so relatable though when you're talking about sitting with your own thoughts. That's what Calvin gives out to me all the time when I'm sitting yeah. around. And, like, we hate her as well, you know, but especially with ADHD, like, I say her all the time, like, it was so hard, my journey to sobriety, but the only time now that I have a problem and I feel like I have an urge and I, and I want to drink is when I'm alone. I can sit around the boys drinking, doing whatever they're doing, or drugs, everything. Mm. I can be so close to it and not have an urge. But if I'm on my own with my own thoughts, my mind just keeps going and going and going. It's like, I need to drink, you know? And uh, as well, like, what you were touching on, it almost sounds like what we touched on the other week is, is like perfectionism. Like we mm. talked about not being the best chef on the team, but you're there and you're grafting and grinding, you're obsessing about it. And then like after that, you're talking about like you have to watch this 14 times. Now I know it's because with ADHD and with things like that, yeah, it's easy to lose concentration and it's easy to go. I don't even know what happened there. I can watch. I can watch the same film fourteen times. Like, and, and it'd be like a new film. I said this Calvin before. Calvin asked you that I watch a film. The same, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I watched the film, but I can watch that again because yeah. I don't remember. Can't tell you what happened in it. Like, I can't. I literally can't tell you what happened in it. I can watch a whole film, but not tell you what happened in it because it's like little things, you know. And that's why I think. I think. I think that sounds like perfectionism, though, with you, though, because like. You oh, had to watch that 14 times. You had to read this that many times yeah. and do that over and over and over again because you don't want to fuck her up. And look, that's where sometimes you'd be afraid to do something in case they're all wrong. Do you get me? Yeah, and but mm. I have a secret for you and people that's listening. Anyway, what I learned, I, I love being in the dark. Um, I learned that isolation, isolation is key. That, that was a part of the trip of the hitchhike, the end, the last week. So when you're not on your phone, when you're not drinking when you don't have anyone around because a lot of people would look like people saying to me Glenn you spent a week in a legal in a legal cave that you shouldn't have been in you fasted 100 hours in the cave you know you were you were a raven nutcase you know but the reason why I've done that is the dark surfaced right I had no one there and you get answers right one what 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 the answers you get is what do you want out of life is it the right decision say after the, the breakup is it the right decision? Do I really want to spend four years going to Trinity? How am I going to stay alive? Right, the dark, all the stuff that happened, the surfaces and it's in your face, it's right in front of you and you hate it. You're screaming and crying, you're talking to yourself, you're hating it. But then, when you learn to live with the dark, that's when you learn to control it. It's okay because people are so obsessed about the past, they get anxiety from the, they get depressed thinking about the past, what they've done, right? And they get anxiety thinking about the future, but they never think of the present moment, you know, here, now, we use, and like, in the present, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's where, where, where right, so what if you've done stuff 
or you're on your own and you, you get because it's scary air yeah. mines are scary I fucking hate being on my own you get yeah. so so I thought about sacrificing my own life in the cave we'll, we'll get to that we'll get that in a minute but anyway the hitchhike so right tell us the start yes yeah, so anyway lying in bed lying in bed depressed to fuck um, you know kill me my broken heart was my heart was actually bleeding blood all over the duvets and all I was in that bad of a state you know straight up um, call me me kid dynamite and spent the night and went down, decided to start in the heart of Ireland, the hitchhike, not Dublin. So come here, did you have this idea in your head, you know, I'm just going to hitchhike around the country, who can help me do this, and you're going to be a man, kid, dynamite? No, so... Or he just said, come no, on down so to me. So I, yeah. I, I basically have all these adventures in my, in my head. Yeah. Like, I have to keep going. Yeah. I have to keep going. Yeah, I have no, to adventure, still, right? Yeah. I have to adventure, because also, now, now that I'm chasing a career in the arts, I need to get inspiration. I want to be a writer and I want to be a creative writer, creative director. So I need inspiration to write about. If I'm sitting at home, nobody wants to hear about somebody sitting in bed crying over spilled milk. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So anyway, decided to start in the heart of Ireland. When I mean the heart of Ireland, it's the centre. But not only is the centre, it's a man that got me sober. Well, I got myself sober. He guided me and he pushed me to becoming sober. He told me to get off social media for a year. And when I got off social media for, for a year again, it's back to isolation, went in deep. So I decided, why not start in his hometown? The trip is basically, it's a sobriety trip. It's hitchhiking around Ireland to raise awareness for the dangers of mixing drink, which is mental health. Started in Port Arlington, near Port Leash. Spent the night with him, had a good chat, and we, we talked. Um, he's wonderful. He's, he's amazing. And anyway, we, so... Partly started in Port Leash, hitchhiked to Waterford and spent time with Darren Morgan. Very positive fella. Again, it's back to spending your time with positive people, superheroes that bring out the best in you, that make you feel like you have superheroes. But anyway, so the first kind of mad story, what happened was, um, we had a big waterproof bag, you know, packed me knives, me, you know, tent sleeping bag. Um, it's always scary. I've done traveling like that for five years and straight into it, I was like, what am I going to feel like? I was anxious, you know. Am I going to feel the same? Is living like this, why did I live like this, right? The second I went on the side of the road and put my thumb out, hitchhiking. Is that what you did? Literally just went down and was yeah, put that yeah, thumb up, yeah? right. The second I went on that side of the road, put my thumb up with a sign, right? Um, What's the sign say? Mama's waiting. Right, <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because <laughs> if I say, if I'm in part leash and I say, I have a sign saying, if I'm in part leash and I have a sign saying, Waterford, most of the time, people's not going to pick me up. But let's say if you're driving home from work in Port Leash and you see Mama's waiting. So you drive past me and you automatically think in your head, right? You think in your head, oh, he needs to get home to his ma. His ma must be sick. So then you spin back and you pick me up. So then they get in the car, get in the car, and your man says, where's, uh, where's your ma? Is your ma all right? Yeah, yeah, she's in Turkey. What's she doing in Turkey? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, she's having the time of her life in Turkey. Well, then what are you talking about? What's, what's the sign about? I said, I just need a lift. Where are you going? Waterford. And he says, oh, I only picked you up because you're fucking mad. He says, mum was waiting. But I tricked him. So then when you're in the car, he's like, this fella's in no case. Ah, just fucking get in. Come on, we'll bring you to, to Waterford. But anyway, spent time there, started the trip. So the first mad ride, what happened was, so hitchhiking, the first time I put my finger up, back on the road, and I was like, I thought I lived like that because I was on my rocker, and, you know, I'm overliving like that. I want a career now, right? But when I put my hand out, Put my hand down on the side of the road, I was like... Just got that feeling. butterflies, I was mm -hmm. like... Yeah. So, so, first of all, I forgot about the pain of the breakup. 
when I'm on the side of the road, I'm thinking about the homelessness, the yeah. war with drugs, the war with mental health, the people suffering. You know, I'm listening to the board singing, you know, everything. Living life the way I live it, right? So, put my hand out anyway. Trailer that Merck pulls in. Russian fella, but I, I've obviously learning difficulties. Can't even understand accents. Which part of Cork are you from? And he says, the Russian part, right? Mm. And I says, what? The Russian part, right? So I was like, what the fuck, right? So anyway, all I hear, I get my intrusive thoughts, you know, when that, I felt that energy, yeah? Chuck, chuck, the car locked, right? So anyway, we didn't say a word, didn't open his mouth, drives to the garage, right? Before he got out of the car, he says, I'm going to be honest with you. Straight up, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going, I'm going to kill myself. You come on with me. I mean, man's life, right? No word of a lie. So, Jesus Christ, I says, the first riot, one of the first riots on the, on the hitchhike. Do you know what I mean? I says, this is absolutely barbaric. So, that's when I get into character. This is when Oscar comes in, right? That's when the ego comes in full swing and you use it to your advantage. I was like, right, I can't run. He'll kill me. He was a monster. Because... First of all, he was always had on drugs, so he'll kill me stone dead. How would you know he was always had on drugs? Because I could see, I could see it in his right. face. But he had Raybons on, and I knew there was something up. I knew bad energy, bad energy, man. So then I started, right, if I act like a little pussy to him, he'll either kill me, or his mind is not all there. He's on drugs. So he says, mate, just get me a fucking white chocolate mocha with almond milk, I says, right? So he goes in and gets me a coffee, comes back out. So while he's in there, I'm thinking, sitting there, Message me, friend. Have the message there. Kid Dynamite. I says, listen to me. Something bad might happen. Write me books. Me books is in me treasure chest at home. Write me books. I says, I'm in a bad situation. He wrote back, ha ha, smiley faces. I says, no, listen to me. This is not good. I, I, something bad is going to happen. So, Miley's in there. I'm getting into character. I'm like, right, I'm going to have to. I don't want, because I'm, I'm, I hate fighting. I'm playing skinny thing. I wouldn't harm a Floyd. You know what I mean? So, I'm like, right, eh, uh, I need to man the fuck up. So he comes out, he sits there, and I say, mate, where, where are you from? He's told me Russia already. Russia. I says, you're a little girl, you know. I says, why are you letting people get to you? And the first thing he opens, he opens up to me. He leaves himself vulnerable. Oh, my, my girlfriend. My girlfriend, you know, blah, blah, blah. All this, my job. I says, listen to me. I says, mate, the reason why I'm here is because I was supposed to get married last week, you know, exaggerating the story. And... Start opening up, and then he started, you know, being, being weird and saying weird stuff like, no, 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 I want to drive off a bridge. And then I start winding him up because I'm not a psychiatrist, and I don't want to say this the wrong way. I say to people, you should do this when people's like this. But what I learned from, I have loads of head cases of friends, and I've been around so much head cases, I was a head case myself. So I says to him, Roy, make sure you get a really pretty bridge and make sure it's really bright blue water. I want to go out with a band. He says, you are fucking mental, you fucking crazy, you know, you crazy. And that's when I knew I had him. That's when I knew he was my friend and not my enemy. Do you get me? So, anyway, I'm sorry, short, we pulling on the motorway. No, not a dual carsway, just a, not a slip road. The motorway in the side cars beeping. And I really hope he's not watching this because he'll kill me. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so, what happened was, he, uh, he, I says, He's going to shit. He's going to shit. Um, that is well. That is well. And I says, what? Pulls out the biggest bag of coke ever. I never done coke. Don't know what it was, but it was a big ball of coke over North Face, boom back. And um, 
what happened was, started snitting. I said, mate, mate, no, 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 because I, I don't, I thought he was gonna make me do it because I never done it, and then I'll be fucked up, me rocker. No, no, you get nothing, you get nothing, just me, just me. Pulls off his ray bands, saying how fucked he was. How long are you awake? What day is it? S Sunday, Sunday evening, or Friday? And that's when I knew I was in a dangerous place. I started praying to everybody, you know, I was like, this could go so wrong, could go mental. Troy to get out, he says, you go nowhere. You go nowhere, you come with me. Did you not think of running when he went into the garage? He locked me in the car. You were locked in the car? I tried to get out, yeah. He locked me in the oh, car. Oh, jeez. And um, I don't know how, it must have been Troy lock or something, but he, he locked me in the car. That's yeah. when I heard it. Yeah. But anyway, so then then he says to me, I don't know, give me your email. Give me your phone. I was like, no. He said, I says, what's your address? I'm not telling you. Something bad is going to happen, right? So this is, mind you, this is one of the first rides on the trip and the hitchhike. And I never thought in Ireland you get people like this. Do you know what I mean? I've got them all over the world. So anyway, he he done that. And uh, I give him my phone. <laughs> he sends himself an email off it. And he says, don't put anything on social media. <laughs> I find you. I track you. Tracker. Right? And I says, oh, Jesus Christ, this fella is a loony bin. Right? And struggling, struggling with life. I think I was meant to meet him. But anyway, uh does, does the coke, sit there for 20 minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it was, doing coke. And then he says, do you like speeding? Do you like speeding, right? I lied straight away. I says, my best friend died in a car crash last week. But I said that because I didn't want to speed. And he knew, he knew. I'm a bad lawyer, you can tell. Liar. Liar, he says, right? I says, I'm not lying. What's his name? Ah, uh, Mark Jacob or something. I says, the most stupidest name ever. Liar, liar, liar. I speed now. Tell me the truth. I won't speed, right? I says, uh, okay. Um, no, we didn't. I just, I just don't want you to speed. I don't think you're in the right frame of mind. Let's put on faithless, he says. He puts on faithless. God is DJ. Chill. This, this is my church. This is where I come to heal. He's in it, right? Mm. And I says, oh, you need more than church. So, I'm sorry. So speeding, 200 kilometers. I don't know whether it was 200 kilometers. It felt like 2,000 miles an hour. I three litre mark around the bend from Waterford to Cork. Speeding, I swear to God. And the only time he slowed down was when I was talking. I know a lot about food, so I was like, you have grandmother's recipe, spinach cake. Can you make blue cheese from scratch and everything? Give me a recipe. And he's slowing down, slowing down. Then he's laughing. Vroom, and he let me, he said, oh, he says, where are you going? Where are you going? And I says, you're not coming with me. I says, I'm going rent a girl in Cork that I lived in Barcelona with. And so that was it, right? So left me out in Cork. But anyway, the hitchhike was going around. I was very blessed. I didn't have to. Usually hitchhiking, Calvin and Karen and you, you, you don't know where you're... This is the beauty of hitchhiking. A lot of people don't understand it. I, I could get the bus, I could get the train or the plane or travel around in style, but I don't know where I'm going. It's the freedom of the universe of, like, living life free and the challenges and the obstacles that come in the way, like with him, for instance. You know, you could be stranded on the road for two days. Like, I was stranded in New Zealand on a sweet potato farm for four days. So you don't know, and that's why... I've went horseback around Ireland. I've went cycled around Ireland, went, went around the boat. boat um, and stuff like that. So I wanted a challenge and I needed to keep me mind and <clears> straight away. So anyway, he let me out. So the hitchhike, it was, it was wonderful. But all these mad stuff, this mad stuff kept happening. You know, it was like I went to the edge of a cliff down in, down in Cork and the girl, Yvette, I lived with her in Barcelona. She says, Glenn, you can't camp on the edge of a cliff. So... If I'm looking at a cliff, I want to camp on the edge of a blading cliff. Do you know what I mean? I want to camp on the edge of a cliff. So 
all this, I was having these vivid dreams. I was going in deep. Right, we'll get to the cave story now in a minute. I was going in deep. But anyway, um, what happened was, I had a nightmare, night terrors on the top of the cliff. That my nanny was pulling me off the cliff. Because my nanny was a nutcase. She would pull me off a cliff anyway. And I uh, woke up screaming, Joanne! But then started breaking me, shy laughing. Obviously, my nanny wasn't pulling me. As I opened the tent, my feet are dangling kind of off the cliff. It was sketchy. It was in a little laden mushroom tent. It was like a mushroom. But so all this stuff was happening. One of the boys, Fago, came down and looked after me. And met him in the end of the cork trip. Um, I was having, having a night, nightmare that I was holding fire. I was like, it's a weird, weird nightmare. It's like meditating in the in the nightmare, holding fire. Woke up on the beach, right? Had woke up on the beach, had a piece of charcoal in my hand. Fago will tell you this. He's breaking his shy laughing, right? So basically, we went like that, blew it, but then went on fire. My whole hand went black, you seen on Instagram. Mm -hmm. My whole hand went black. So all this weird stuff happening. And then I just wanted. Um, still struggling over the over the breakup, whatever, and um, it killed me. Then I was on a beach on my own for four days. It surfaced, you know, again back to isolation. Mm. I was like, Jesus Christ! I says it's because it's horrible. ADHD, ADHD. You become so in love with somebody that you could you could love them for for all your life if you really wanted. Do you know what I mean? If and that their means... love, sorry, your focus is on loving them. So that's what's channel, channeling you. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's why I think you need to be constantly occupied. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you were occupied in that relationship. But that's it, the routine, Calvin. So when, when it happened, I was like, every night seeing her, and it was wonderful. It was, even when we were fighting, it was, it was hilarious. And, you know, when that happened, I didn't know what to do, even though I had the CBT tools and everything. But anyway, so, so it surfaced. And then, some turns Remy. <laughs> turns Remy. So I'm there, right? I'm there. He probably told you this, right? But I'm there. All this mad stuff is happening. Mental stuff. Holding fire. Russian speeding. You know. The dolphin. Melvin. So we'll get to the dolphin now. So anyway, I'm Centra sponsor. Shout out to Centra anyway as well. Um, I wake up, right? Derek O'Hearn says, Glenn, don't sleep with bags of flour. You're an absolute lunatic. He says, you have ADHD. You'd be biting the flour and you're sleeping on. You know? Woke up, right? I don't know how. This, it was like the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Flower everywhere. Derek got out of the tent, right? It was a storm, not a storm, a storm. Covered in flower, right? Covered in flower. Sandra's saying it. You know, it was mad, right? Mad scenes. But anyway, so I'm there. All this is happening. I'm like, this is blading. This is too much. This is weird, you know? It's, it's nuts. Um, so, Terrence is on the phone to me. Backpacker comes running up. And what's the names? What's the names of the dolphins in Ireland? They're not called dolphins. Palmer or something. Ponis or... There's a name for them. They're like baby dolphins, but they call them something else. I don't know, but they're dolphins anyway. So anyway, I went on the phone to Terence and I'm so emotional. He relates. He knows. He knows my mind more than anyone. He's the only one, one of the only ones that I can talk to about what I'm going through. He's going through, he's going through similar stuff. And I was telling him about it. It was all too much. It was all too much. My mind was on fire. And then some woman ran. She starts saying the name, calling a dolphin. A different name. So we didn't know what she was talking about. Da la la, it's stuck, it's stuck. Uh, a pontis or a pomegranate or something, right? <laughs> I don't know what it's called, right? Right? You know? So I'm like, what is she talking about? 
come on, come on, the pomegranate is stuck, right? Pomegranate. <laughs> what, it's in there, it starts with a P anyway. It's like a fake, it's a dolphin, it's, in, it's a name for a Trinity College word in the dictionary. It's, it's, a, it's a dolphin, hang on, I'll Google it now. It's a dolphin that went to Trinity. Uh, <laughs> Trinity dolphin. Right, so we, we... Jamie, any idea? Hang on, hang on. Porpoise. Yeah, that's what it was, right? Are you sure? Yeah. Are you just going to agree? No, no, I'm 99% <laughs> sure it was a porpoise. Tortoise or porpoise. Yeah, yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's it called? Porpoise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the porpoise is, uh, the porpoise is stuck, right? right, right. So I'm on the phone to Terence and I'm spilling my heart out about love and about life and screaming and crying and he, this cunt is just falling around laughing. He's choking, right? And then someone in the background calling, the porpoise, the porpoise, right? Mind you, I don't know what a porpoise is, right? <laughs> so then I'm looking, right? All this weird. It's like, it was like the Irish alchemist. So the alchemist is, no matter what, following your heart. Stuff got in the way, you know, burning me hand, not getting picked up on the trip, right? The porpoise, the porpoise. Mind you, this is all in a week. This is all way too much. Plus a breakup and everything else. So basically, yeah. Uh, I look, I'm on the phone to him. <laughs> I, I change the camera, point at the porpoise, right? Porpoise, 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 Terrence, right? Porpoise, porpoise, right? And he's like, he's finally laughing. So I stopped crying. So then when I seen a dolphin that was stuck in the fucking water, I start crying again. So I was crying over the breakup, <laughs> then I'm crying over the dolphin fucking stuck. I forgot about the breakup and fucking now the dolphin stuck. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, one heartbreak to another. Yeah. yeah. So then, then, me, I do anything for a story. I do anything for attention because I am attention. So I'm sprinting, right? Sprinting in me jocks, right? A little short, you know? Flowery short, found, found down with jocks, right? And the farmer's saying, stop, 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 right? Because it's like quicksand. That's why the dolphin stuck. I'm running, running, thinking I'm going to, you know, put the dolphin on my shoulders, bring it out. Going to be another story, you know, break the internet. Get stuck in the fucking quicksand. The phone goes with him. <laughs> Get stuck in the quicksand for about three hours. So now the poor boys, the dolphin, and I was stuck, as well as dealing with a breakup and dealing with ADHD and dealing with all this, right? I was like, I was bawling. I was crying because of the dolphin, crying because of my ex, crying because of fucking life and the universe is out to get to me, you know. Fuck this, I'm going home. I can't deal with this trip. So anyway, crawling back to shore. The dolphin, the shore, the, the farmer's like, you are a bleeding idiot. The tide's going to come in and wash him out. So all this was happening. So anyway, straight up with the, with the hitchhiking story, we, um, I had this mission in my life, right, too. We went to the Aran Islands. Um, I was looking for a sacred place to do a fast. So... The reason why I fast for long periods is right. Sorry, I want to interrupt you there. So, huh? Terence was supposed to join you in the Arden Islands. No, so what? Yeah, he was. I, I was. said this. No, to I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask what's happened. So you can, you can, you can be the judge. You can ask. So I was calling Terence, and everyone was asking. And I need the best thing about happiness is sharing them with somebody. So sharing happiness, as in this journey, I want the Terence to be with me alone. You and Terence to be alone, just us, in a tent, cook fires, and show people that it's actually not mad what I'm doing. Or mad, it's actually very normal, you know? Well, it's not... Well, no, it is a bit mad. Well, it's out there, but... Yeah. But, but, I wanted but you, it's not crazy. But yeah, I wanted mad. you, I wanted you to join me, and so I'm calling Terrence, and mind you, the, the internet and all, blah, blah, and, and I'm just kind of like, in the group, I'm kind of, not on my phone that much, just trying to pump information out there, Roy Terrence, the Aran Island, but there's about 17 different names for the Aran Islands, and yeah. I told him the middle one, and um, so Darren Cross become to join me, he lived in the Aran Islands, but he is a very brave man, so we'll get to his story in a minute about the castle, what happened, but he, he's a very brave man, and um, you can say that he came over in 
it was a tumble dryer from Fingless. Oh, I'm not messing with I know, very distorted. So, this, so, me and Ryan O'Brien went down to meet you there, yeah? So, we got down to Galway, wherever and wherever, and you said, have a friend there, it's going to be Sorry, over. I'd warned you, though, about the Arden Islands. Yeah. I was like, that Wait, disconnected. I said, oh. people go for a pilgrimage to the yeah, Arden yeah, Islands. Yeah, they go yeah. for clarity. Yeah, Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. They go to clear the mind. It's not like, Oh, I'm going down here and then, KFC or yeah, 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 and I'm gonna get the boat across and then it's like, gonna be like going to fucking Dingle, like you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's secluded. Yeah. They go there, the people drink bleeding black tea and all. There's no electricity. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. And I was trying to warn them. I was like, you need it's to brace yourself. You need to be like, ready. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. gonna be like a caveman over there. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? No technology, like yeah. Yeah. So we, so we, we were in Galway then, and we knew we were at the missing the boat. You, the last boat was quarter to seven. We got there at like quarter past seven, half seven. So he gets a phone call on the way there, right? And I answer his phone and says, hello. And he goes, what's up? Um, meet me at this place, whatever name he said. Meet me at this place in Galway. When you come in, you'll see a sign turn left and meet me there, right? And hangs who up said there. this? Dara Crosby, right? But never said who he, he never was. knew. He doesn't know. So it's a random phone I call. Didn't, a random phone call, oh, right? he didn't know who it was? No, so no, no. Anything that's happened to him, they keep ringing me because he was with Ryan. Yeah. So they keep ringing me and saying, this is at the happening, this is at the what happening. So I'm yeah. just laughing. All I had to do with Martin the next day. Yeah. So I would have went with him. Only for I was yeah, on the Martin that. on the yeah, Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so he, they went on the Saturday, wasn't they? The Saturday, yeah, yeah. No, we went on the Friday. Friday, sorry. The Saturday. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. And you were due to stay the whole weekend. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. But so anyway, I was only getting live updates, yeah? So he rings me, right? Right, what's up? Is this Titans? Yeah, who's this? Doesn't matter. When you get the Galway, you'll see this sign turn left, I'm going to see you there, right? Hangs up the phone. I said, who the fuck is this like? I said, I had her on loudspeaker. I'm running. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, who's your man like? Who's this fella like? So I said, well, we just did it. Like, we had to miss in the boat. We and yeah, mind you, you had a dog as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you didn't know they had the dog. So when they, they FaceTime me when they were driving down and you were only in there. Like, yeah, he's not yeah. even past bleeding. I don't even think you were past Selbridge for fuck's sake. <laughs> and the car is stocked up. You had a bleeding there. Uh, what's you that called? You had loads of food from me, you bastard. Yeah, what's the cooker called? The hot plate. He's had a hot plate and all, didn't you? What's he? a hot plate? A little stove, a hot stove. Like a hot stove, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hops. And you want to see the yeah. whole back seat is just full of food. And I'm Ryan doesn't stuff. mess around there. No. And I was like, they're legit going for a week. Never mind, there's yeah, a night yeah, or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he showed the camera and the dog is in the back. The dog is in the boot. Poor yeah. Hank. Sweating yeah. around in the back. No, he was fresh though. He was fresh in the yeah, boot. Yeah, but he was... But the fin- tumble dryer from Fingless arrived on the boat. And no, so, so, the dog so, was squashed up so his gay and Pringles. We said, you're going to see this soon. We're turn left out. And me and Ryan was like, will we, won't we? Like, who is it like? So we got there. We did it. We were like, fuck it. We missed the boat. Let's just, let's just do it for the adventure. Right, so we did it. And... Uh, we were driving up the road and I rang your man back. I says, right, mate, who are you? I says, we're here. Who are you? He says, right, I'm going to be there in a minute. You'll know me. Right? You'll, you, you'll know yeah, he's, me. He's an islander. Yeah, he's an islander. He's a mysterious old cat, this fella, right? So he says, you're going to see me in a minute, right? So we're, we're sitting there in the Jeep and a big, huge monster, monster truck. truck. Yeah, yeah. And I mean a monster truck. Oh, bro. Pulls up, right? And he whistles, right? And does this turn around, right? So we had to turn the car around and follow him, right? So I drive him, right? And he pulls up into like some like, it's like where the boats go, but it was like at the very back of it. And I'm like, we're dead. And even Ryan, right? So Ryan is absolute animal. He'd you, right? Oh. And even he got for He's like, Titans, like, we're dead. Like, like, there's like cabins and stuff like that. And it's in the back of like some boat. I was like, we're dead. So he jumps out. <laughs> he jumps out, obviously. And he's like, what story? It's me, Dara. So why didn't you say that on the phone? Do you know what I mean? He never said that to me. Yeah, God. yeah, and then yeah. his mate jumps out, right? Yeah, he gave me awful Texas vibes he did, yeah? No, so straight he, away. Yeah, they 
yeah, rang me yeah. He rang me And he was like Turning to shit And I was like You're in the middle of Galway And he's like Yeah bro I'm getting my Texas vibes <laughs> I was like You couldn't be any food I went in fucking Texas yeah, yeah, No 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 But the cactus The windmill What cactus You're in Galway A cactus in Galway Cactus Cactus It's too cold to have a cactus I Yeah, Actually the closest place in Ireland To Texas is probably Galway Like geographically You're the closest to America You're gonna be But you're not Cactus in Galway This bloke This bloke was it's probably Daisy Chain or like something. See if, see if you put this bloke there and put a thousand people here and said, where's he from? The 95% of them say he's from Texas. Yeah, little gap. This is Terence's... Uh, no, 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 it's true. Everything. no, I'm right. no everything, though. If you get a thousand people, 95% yeah. of them are always going to agree with him. But like, it's very hillbilly-ish, you get me? And yeah, he jumps yeah. out, he has a joint and he's mounting six cans of board, right? And he says, right, we're going to the island. And I was Because like, the boat's... Well, you had the boat was cancelled. The so ferries this were late. We were late for the ferries, right? So yeah. we were going on my boat. I said, lovely. We're short, right? So he says, there's my boat there. There was no boat, right? I said, what do you mean? So he said, no, walk up to the ledge. <laughs> so we had to walk up to Jesus. And look down. It was like a fucking, it was like a front door. It was like a front door, yeah, gaff. This was the boat, right? And he said, this is where we're all going to get to the islands, right? So there was, yeah, man, daddy, me, Ryan, the dog, two tents, a load of sleeping bags. Oh, and I won't see club, a boat. Enough grub to do with you for a month, right? And he's like, we explained, we were like, I was straight away, I was like, no. But yeah, he was and like, the dog as well. But we were like, mate, we have all of this, right? He's like, that doesn't matter, we're safe, we're getting in this boat. He says, we are, now bollocks getting in that boat, do you know what I mean? The dogs start barking at him, yeah. things start going west. It was all spilled. <laughs> you could smell the mental health oh, off of him. They rang me, like, yeah, the dog doesn't want to go, so fuck that. The dog <laughs> but then they walked me the, the next morning, before we could, the next morning, what happened? So we camped out on a beach, right? Unbelievable it was. Yeah, it really, really was. It was little, the sunset, everything had a good buzz, ate, whatever, camped out on the beach. And uh, next morning we were like, lovely, let's get the sauce. So you actually told me half ten. Sorry, I'm lying. You said quarter to eleven. The boat? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got we got down there at quarter to eleven and the boat took off at half ten. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. yeah. So she said So mine bad mine Yeah bad. yeah you're bad right? So she said Yeah 15 minutes late right? But it's grand They're out of book Yeah ticket So she books a ticket out We said lovely When's this taking off Obviously in the next half an hour No it's taking off At half four this evening It's 11 o'clock in the morning And me and Ryan was like, <laughs> And you had to go back The next morning anyway Early so Yeah it was yeah It's too much But yeah. that was the intentions But So we said We'll sit around at four o'clock So we said What time can we get the ferry back uh, Tomorrow morning Because we want to get back So we were going to get Like a six o'clock Or a seven o'clock ferry To get back For Calvin's Martin Because I wasn't going to miss it So she said, no, yeah, so that'll deal you for 24 hours. You can only come back, I say, half hour tomorrow. And like, not get the year. No, 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 you can only get that one. There's like, only one. Know? It was Sunday, there's only one. Too much By the hassle. time you get there with all the stuff. So yeah. that's that's what happened. Yeah. So that's how I did Because you disappeared. You. That, yeah. I was like... Now, in fairness, I gave you 572 missed calls, uh, video calls. I, was I know, yeah, group. and I did think you fell down the sink, you know. <laughs> but, uh, so, no, so, back, back to one, that... Uh, Sorry, so, so... Uh, you just didn't realise how far away from Galway the Yard in Ireland was as well. Oh, it's a hike. How far? How, I didn't, like, I felt like we drove for years. Like, we yeah. were in the very... And it's the sticks. Back. It's the he, sticks. He no, thought, even my foot. Come yeah. He thought it was going to be like from Hope to Ireland's eye. Yeah, yeah, Where, yeah. like, do you know what? If you're in yeah. a boat and it goes down, I have a good chance of swimming the yeah, rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same with Lucky. You know what Lucky says? I couldn't believe it. I'll walk from Galway Glen. I say, you walk down the 20 kilometres. I don't even know where it's that, but anyway... He'll, I says, lucky there's water. Yeah, it's turning out. What do you mean, me, does, you know you mean, mean? there's water? I won't yeah. be able to go on Tinder, he says. Yeah. <laughs> what, can you not go on Tinder on water or something? What's wrong with him? I didn't, didn't actually, yeah, I didn't know. So, how long way is going to be in your man's bleeding dinghy for? Ah, yeah. Oh. So, a half an hour on, on a, on a, a super boat. Yeah, a 30. Ah, about two, two and a half hours. We were hours. ringing, we were, so we, we rang your man that day because we were like, if he gets over the safe, like, 
And your man comes back, we probably do a show, we were ringing. Then he phone turned off and said, they're at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> Just pretend we never met them. They're down there with Jack and Rose. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, Rose survived. They're down there with Jack. Oh, Jack no. went down on the front door as well. Because it was ringing, right? It was ringing and we had a conversation. We were like, where's that beach that you said we can camp on? And he was like, yeah, ring me back in five minutes if you can't find it. So went on, went on. So I rang him back and the phone was off. I said, he's gone, that fella. He's at the bottom. Down there was SpongeBob. Yeah. So and then I never heard from him again until now. So he's alive. Yeah. <laughs> right, great. Yeah, good. No, so uh, before, because my mind, I can go on tangents. So I want to elaborate on, I want to elaborate <laughs> on, on Dara Crosby and the castle, what happened and the hitchhike. Because it's only, really, basically just hitchhike going to raise awareness. So the two main stories. You know, well, you didn't was, do it for money either. It was just no, so I'll, t- I'll tell you about that now. So remind me at the end of the hitchhike story, I want to touch on OCD plus and ADHD and the dangers of alcohol with that because a lot of people don't realise the name. But anyway, back, back to that. So, yeah, the reason why I didn't do it for money, to raise money for, for that because it doesn't reach enough people. When people, when you're asking for something, I th- I've done a lot of charity events. I don't think the message was a lot of people around me were struggling. A lot of people, a lot of people. And I, I still can't believe now the message that I got to relate, even people that, normal people, and sure you get the same message, people that relate because it's COVID, remember, it's still COVID, the dark, it's still out in the air. So back back to the trip, yeah. So Dara Crosby, very wonderful character. We relate a lot. Um, he's an Irelander. He lived in the Iron Islands when he was 12, done, went to the Gale Talk. Relates a lot. He's put it this way. He's the only one that, we were in, we were in Roscommon and the trip, Again, Calvin, you were saying, you know, I need to do this, I need a challenge, right? So someone's telling me, in, in Ireland, I won't say, I can't say because I don't want people to go, it's too dangerous. It's a castle over in, in Roscommon. And um, I was obsessing. I want to go in this castle. I was looking for a place to fast, 100 hours, right? Where, away from everybody. Is this in the Iron Islands? No, no this was, this in was, we left the Iron Islands. So in the Iron Islands, we just cooked up a storm and, right. and chilled. And it yeah. was just, just hitchhiking around and, you know, having the crack. Um, but... So basically, what happened was we I says to him, we went everywhere looking for looking for a boat, blow a boat. I wanted to go over to this castle and stay in the castle, you know. It's on a lake, like it's on a lake, yeah. And um, we were in Roscommon, called every Argus, called everywhere, no boats. A boat in Sligo, in in Carrigan Channel, in no in Argus, right? A boat, oh, sorry a about blow me. a boat, right? <laughs> a blow a boat, Dara. How much do you love me? I love you, Glenn, but I'm not doing any favours for you anymore on this trip. You do something wrong with you. You should get assessed again. No, 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 Dara, how much do you, how much <laughs> you love me? I love you and all, but I don't love you enough. I'm doing enough for you. You know, we're staying here. You know, no, Dara, how much do you love me? You're a bleeding legend. What do you want? Right. 70 kilometres away, there's a boat. I need you to come get me. Pick up the boat. Go into Argus. Right, gets the boat. Go back to Roscommon. So we're blowing the boat up in the middle of the night, right? Going over. I needed to stay in this castle. It was in, in me following your heart, you know. Wanted to stay in this castle, gets. So, don't behold, Dara says, uh, we're not bringing anything over. I say, what are you talking about? We can't row over to the lake when, or over to the castle and leave the stuff behind. So we bring nothing over, right? We get over. So anyway, freezing, right? No tents. Mad energy, bad man energy, right? <laughs> wouldn't lie. The fire wouldn't lie. Right? We had fire logs, right? That's all we had. Fire wouldn't lie. So he says to me, Glenn, we're going back to get our stuff. Oh, he says, I am a me bollocks, right? Oh, he says, there's demons all around here. I says, uh, they're going to kill us. They're going to drown us, right? So 
knock off your knock off your torch on your phone we're going back right pitch black right a blow up boat that is only holds 50 kilos right and he says <laughs> I'm trying, holds 50 kilo. Right, I'm trying to record right on the slide because you know pump stuff out there yeah. see show people the live there's more to life than than drink so Dara says Dara screams shut up can you hear that right and I, I look bro intrusive thoughts the boat burst right halfway over right only on the way back right pitch black Rowan, Rowan, we look Olympic, we would have won bronze. <laughs> silver, right? Right, silver. Go over, get the stuff, right? Water bag, 100 litre water bag. I have the water bag and that, and he's rowing, and he's screaming, because we're going down, you know, blowing up. So anyway, we go over, and there was where I planned to do the fast, 100 hour fast. When I do a fast, I appreciate life, because you go in deep, it's isolation again. So anyway, next day, I go over, row over, to get the coffees, bring the mochas back, and... Bow again sinking. So we stayed there for three days in the castle. Too many people was coming over to do the fast, right? Couldn't, couldn't do the fast. Wanted to push the boundaries. Wanted to fast for 100 hours. Wanted to go in deep to it. I wanted to appreciate life. Usually I feel like the luckiest man that ever lived. After what happened, I felt like the worst man that ever lived. So go back. Anyway, people was coming over. So then I had this hat on, like coat, Mac coat, the whole lot. Council was coming over. I had tour guides, you know, I'm a ranger. Blah, blah, blah. You know, we think we take Revelu, you know, the usual <laughs> show, right? So anyway, yeah, same thing happened. So we leave the island anyway. Dara goes home. But on the way back over, uh, I wanted to get videos, you know, of course. I wanted to record these memories. The boat, literally, it was like, you know, you know what F. George Farm, you know when you fall the toasties like that? The boat was like that. And bags in the water and just, just sketchy, just stupid stuff that, you know, we were doing. So anyway, I start obsessing. We're talking about OCD coming to the end of the story. The main... The only main story that happened on the trip was uh, basically I needed a sacred place to do the 100 hour fast. And had you got this planned in your mind before you went to you were yeah. going to do 100 well, hour fast? Well, in, in there, I wanted to do the 100 hour fast to raise awareness and I want to show people that if I can do 100 hour fast in a cave isolate, you can get sober, you can do anything. And not only that, the reason of the 100 hour fast was I done that trip for my own mental health, hoping that I would relate to one person, two people. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. And to express that, right, ADHD and OCD, of course you're going to do outrageous stuff if you drink. Of course you're going to do stuff. But but anyway, to, to push forward the story, the, the fast, I, I wanted to do the fast to raise awareness. I wanted to do the, I wanted, needed a sacred place. A very important girl, S.J. McCurdy, who got me into Trinity, helped get me in, says, Glenn, why did you pick such a secluded place to do such a psychological experiment? Live in a cave for a week and do a 100 hour fast. The reason why that was because I didn't want anyone near me. Like, it wouldn't be fun. You can't go in deep if you have people near you. So anyway, I hitchhike 250 kilometers in one day. Somehow, I don't know how. Literally, six in the morning job and um, fair play to the Joyce's, one of the Joyce's boxers that I used to box with randomly picked me up. Um, don't know how he didn't kill me because it was a little bollocks. He remembered me, my ADHD days in full swing, <laughs> giving them death. But anyway, legends to the Joyce's. But uh, basically, I hitchhiked to the top. So when I get there, I get there at 9 o'clock at night. It's about to go dark. And um, I see blows to the public, right? So I'm like, look, I'll sleep anywhere. I'll sleep in ATM machines. I don't mind, right? It was pitch black. I was so damp. I needed a light of fire, right? So the first fella I see and is the farmer, right? And not talking about negative about anybody, but you have to understand, the farmer hates people crossing his land and going to the beach because he's the clean-up. I spent a week cleaning that beach because... When I was 100 hours fast and I had to walk, we'll get to that. So 
He warned me. He said, bye, don't you dare cross this land. This land is forbidden, bye. <laughs> and I, I says, yeah, yeah, no problem, mate, no problem. So I had, a, I, had a, I had a game plan. I knew from experience, the second he closes his door in his farmhouse, <clears throat> I have about three minutes to jump over his electric fence, run past his house and hide behind the hay until I get the all clear. Yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem. I'll go back, pretend to walk back. Mind you, I had a tent, I had a whole kitchen supply, everything. Jumped over his fence, right? I'm running, I'm running, I'm running. As I get to the end, I see his kitchen light on, he's looking out, you know. Couldn't, he's convinced I'm walking, you know. Anyway, go down. So I see, gets to a bull and cattle and all this. And I was like, anxiety through the roof. I was like, oh, I'm going to be creamed by a bull. So, <clears throat> so I, I took out my Japanese chef knife. Um, vegans won't like this. I didn't kill the bull. But I warned him. To do it. I warned him. I says, "Don't you dare, you." Well, make a strip line now. Yeah. You? So anyway, so then <laughs> nobody ran for me. Who ran for me? Sheep and goats, right? And they start making noises. So the farmer was, you know, came out the door looking. So I ran, and then I was like, "Why am I blade running from sheep? I'm from Dorset Street, you know what I mean? There's there's worse things that ran at me before, you know." So then, after me running backwards, jumping over electric fences, I grabbed me five liter of water, and I don't want to shit on anyone's doorstep, but the only way to get the guy away from me was hit it with the five litre of water. Just one that I hit it. Just a little knock, you know, to show him who's boss. And anyway, walked down to the beach, right? It was night time, night time. So I'm scared of the dark unless I know what's in the room, right? I'm scared, mm. terrified of the dark, unless I know. If we enter the room with the boy, I'm all right. If we enter a dark room, you know, I'll be afraid in case <laughs> there's anyone in there wanting to do stuff to me, you know? There's loads of people that I've said in the past. <laughs> but uh, just goes to the beach. Set up my tent outside the cave the first night. The farmer warned me, right? Set up the cave the first night. Anyway, next morning I wake up. The reason why it's so hard to get there, and it's the best place it's so hard to get there, is, is next level. It's, it's Asia. Asia and Ireland, what I was with. Waves, like Bali, you know? So, go into the cave, goes back a good bit. There's a boulder in the cave and everything. So, I was like, right, right, I need to study the farmer. This is where I started my 100 hour fast. Go in, cook linguine, garlic, bread, right? Start to go in deep. Right, started going deep in the cave. Set up the cave, right? Set up. <laughs> so my mind started, I needed to stay busy speaking. You were saying, do you like to stay busy? You have to stay busy. Set up a kitchen, right? Set up my sleeping area. Set up my fire. Set up a tripod, right? Made out of like four cave blocks, right? To put my iPhone on, record. Stay busy. So then I was like, set the timer, right? Hundred hour fast. In the cave. The farmer, I recorded a load of stuff, right? To see, was I imagining? To look back on. Right? Hundred hour fast. So what happened was I go to go up, check the farmer, check the farmer, right? Yeah, he knows you're there. No. He would have fucking shot me. So six half six, seven o'clock every night, he would walk he would let the cattle out, the bull, the goats, let them out, and he would walk onto the beach, right? So we would hide behind the rocks to watch him, you know? See him. Then the cattle and the sheep would walk up, walk up the, the sand dunes. Up over the mountain. It was like a scene out of Lion King, you know, coming with Tata job, man. This was insane, you know. And so then I would follow him. He'd go back up to his house. So he, he's never going to look back. It's pitch black. So, you know, stakes that's attached to barbed wire, not, not stakes, you know, the big boulders. Yeah. Right. So we'd no fire in the cave. We needed to keep warm. When you're fasting, you're weak, you're cold. You, know you mean the stake as in the big stick? The big stick, but yeah. the huge ones, the biggest yeah. one you can think of, yeah. right? So what we do was, Dara Cross, we left me his saw. He's a carpenter. So I would cut a stake down every night. It's about a six foot pole, big wood, right? And I would cut one of them down, 
starting at the furthest away from his house to see where he was. <laughs> and I would carry you back to the cave, right? So anyway, straight into it. My mind, isolation. This is isolation. When you shut down your phone for a year, I'd highly recommend shutting down your phone to anyone that's listening. To go in deep, it's great. You know, you're waiting on a board to message you. You're promoting stuff. You're making wave, big waves in social media, right? But then the thing is you're scrolling, you're wasting energy. If you put that energy into education on why you're not happy. A lot of people message me straight up before I go into the story. A lot of people message me, and I'm sure they message you. We're the so sobriety society. So <laughs> I like that. Right? That's a good one, the sobriety it? society. So what happens is a lot of people message me, Glenn, Glenn, how do you do it? How did you get, get sober? Right? I never message anyone to get sober because I didn't think I had a problem. Do you get what I'm saying? So if I knew, if I thought for one second in my mind that I had a problem, I would, all you have to do, and you'll back me up in this, you two will back me up, Pick up Alan Carr's book, How to Control Alcohol. Well, that's what I was going to say there. What I said in the first episode was, yeah. was you were a big influence on me getting sober without even realising it. Because when I seen everything you were doing, then you were promoting this book and things like that. And I was every week, oh, I'm not drinking, I can't keep doing them yeah, sessions yeah. and whatever and whatever. And then I was only, I was sober for about two or three weeks. And then I heard you keep talking about this book. And I, and I, oh, I actually got the audio book of it. And it's unbelievable. So that, that book is top of the range. And anybody on the journey to sobriety should get it. Well, it'll, it'll change your life because it gives you yeah. the tools to understand Russell Brand's freedom. But anyway, so isolation, right? The reason why I went in the cave, I wanted to appreciate life. I wanted, I wanted the dark to surface. I wanted to feel the burn. And I'm telling you, when you're locked in a cave on your own, when you're not on social media, when you have to deal with your thoughts, mm. And you, you think of the scumbag that drink made you out to be. You think of all the obnoxious behavior. You think of all the people you upset. You think of how bad you are. You want to die. You want to, you, you're screaming and crying. You're screaming in pain. And then you start to like, when you don't eat, you start to hallucinate. Your body starts to shut down, you know, as the days go on. The first two days, three days is fine, you know. But you're, you're going in deep. You're going in the deepest ever. You no one to answer but yourself. And you need to become comfortable with the dark. So anyway, 25 hours in, made a rookie mistake. Hadn't got water, enough water. I only had five litres. You need about five litres to 10 litres a day. So I was like, right, this fast is going to come to an end. But this is a challenge. And I'm not going to stop this challenge. I'll die if doing this challenge. You know, do you know what I mean? So right, have to hike up the mountain to refill water. Anyway, climb back up. It's very dangerous 25 hours fast, and 25 hours fast might mean much, but if you're climbing a mountain, hiking a mountain, yeah. you need the energy. So, went up to get water, go back down. 25 hours done the, done the hike up, went back down. So, hitting about 35 hours into the fast, 40 hours, my mind started to go. As in, I started to overthink because we have social media to escape, we've drink to escape, we've drugs to escape, and your mind is very delicate. When I'm lying in bed thinking about what happened with the breakup, my mind starts to go, unless I'm not making people, making people laugh. So I stood on this log, a tree that fell down on the beach, and I just done that, right, to meditate. Started meditating, yeah. Looked at my phone. I was on the log for about four hours, right? Thought it was 20 minutes. Closed my eyes, went in deep, you know, dark meditating. And I was like, what the fuck, right? Four hours. So then, the Cook Island surface, the trauma, right? Suicide tendencies, right? Hating, like, what's the point? It's fucking shit. What's the point of living, you know? All the dark, everything that I've ever done that I talked about on the first podcast came back, right? So then, right, I'm going to sacrifice myself, right? These are the thoughts, the intrusive thoughts. ADHD is real. You're here proof that mm -hmm. 
daily HD <laughs> royale, man. Real. It's real. Right, six million thoughts a day, whatever it is. But we are not our thoughts. CBT, it's how Kanye West says the best, and I swear by it. You can have all these fucked up thoughts as long as you don't act on them. And certainly sober, I don't act on them. So it doesn't matter. But got these thoughts of like, everything I've been through and the pain constantly there in pain every day. Life over, life complete. Start thinking mad stuff, right? So then, right, you need a safe word. You know, you're 40 hours deep into a fast. You're on your own. If shit goes wrong, because you can have a mental breakdown, do you know what I mean? Back to boy, the fast, ADHD. After eight hours when you wake up, you need water or you start getting intrusive thoughts. After 20 hours, your mind starts to go because you need food. Because your mind, six million thoughts a day, whatever it is. So then, start to hallucinate. You know, start to go in deep 50 hours, 60 hours. 60 hours, you see this fella. He looked like Johnny Depp. I'm one of Johnny Depp's biggest fans. You, you and Johnny Depp, very beautiful. I'm not gay. But anyway, black T-shirt, black jeans, Stan Smiths. Um, waving at me, slicked hair back. And I was like, thinking, you know, walking towards him. When I get to the top... He's not there. And I was like, oh my God, this is too much. So I think I have it with me anyway, right? I'll take it out now in a minute. So a fella came into the cave on the 70 hour, right? From um, Caribbean, right? And his girlfriend from Russia. And say he's there, his girlfriend's there, and he's there. And I was getting dizzy spelled, 70 hours not eating. Not enough water, I should have more water. And Elvis, Elvis, right, oi, dizzy spell, a twirl, you know, it's cool. Right? I used to have Brian, me show you laughing. Falling around laughing. And he's very normal. So normal people wouldn't find that really funny where you'd be falling around laughing I was laughing at you. But these people really there. I'll tell you now. So <laughs> so he was wig he's always was wiggling, you know, it was like Looney Tunes. I swear to God, loose dripping balls, high on life, right? And he says, What's wrong with you? Why are you doing in a cave with steaks on fire and you're in a cave? Think about what you're doing. This is not normal. I says, it's a hundred hour fast to raise awareness for alcohol addiction and proving a point. Oh, no, I can do this, yeah? He says, the farmer's going to shoot you. So his, his girlfriend talking about sobriety, he was like a senior alchemist. Oh, he says, listen to me. Give me something. She says, what? Give me something, I says. I want to know you're real. I says, I'm going to lose my shit if I wake up and you weren't there. So she says, we do this in uh, America. She's Russian but lives in LA. So she had me $10, right? She had me $10. Next morning I woke up, I was screaming and crying, right? I was like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Something bad's going to happen. They're coming for me. They're, you know, mad stuff happening, seeing the $10 note. I'm actually not mad. This is bleeding great. But anyway, all oh, this was happening, right? So 75 hours into the fast. Lost the feeling, well, felt like lost the feeling in my legs, you know? Sitting there, wake up. Didn't sleep for three days, the last three days. So anyway, bats in the cave, right? They were there because Ken, back and came down. I'll get to that in a minute. So I'm in the cave. The first night that the sun appeared outside the cave. I'm in the cave. 75 hours deep. All the pain is gone. Because now I know I only have 25 hours to go. Whereas 30 hours in. 70 hours, I can't eat. What mm. if I die in the cave, right? Yeah. I'm yeah, in the home no, stretch. There's no, there's no connection. And anyway, yeah. So I'm sitting in the cave, like, couldn't sleep. Sun coming up, right? Bats flying in. So the fire kept going out. So when the fire goes out, the bats, the bats come in. But they're afraid of the fire, you know? And then all I hear in my head, right? I was losing me marbles. ADHD, eight hours. You, you try not eat tomorrow. When you wake up, right, from eight o'clock in the morning, don't eat till six o'clock, right? An experiment, yeah? And call me and tell me yeah, your keep thoughts. It. <laughs> tell me your thoughts. But anyway, Roy, Roy Calvin, coming to the end of the story. Um, so I'm there, start hearing voices at this stage. 74 hours in, because my mind is mental, right? So I hear, I'm there, right? 
the bats flying in, the sun, look Bruce Wayne I was, right? And all's I hear, looking outside, right? And the mountains, they started like wiggling with the waves, right? And I don't know why, obviously because I'm mental, right? All's I hear is, don't let the walls cave in on you. But then it was like a remix, right? Doof, 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 doof. Don't let the walls cave in on you. I know, he was breaking me, sure laughing. I was like, people need to hear this, you know? Mental, right? But anyway, <laughs> Ken, 75, straight after that, right? Straight after that, I sent Ken. Ken, I didn't want Ken lacking, right? To come down, right? On his own through the farmer's land, because he'd have a knock off him, and the farmer'd shoot him, and then he'd get kicked off the land. 75. <laughs> He's not worried. Right. About Ken no, getting shot. Is it the mission, right? Right. So coming to the end of it, the mission, right? Says the Ken, right? Says if I, I, I need to climb this mountain, he says, Glenn, you can't climb this mountain. He says, you'll die. 75 hours in my legs is like, my legs is like Bambi on ice, right? Disney chapter, Bambi on ice. Climb the mountain. 75 hours in. Got to the top of the mountain. Didn't have the cork on my water bottle. I imagined that the cork was on and I was so obsessed about putting the cork on the water bottle. You forgot. That I forgot and I imagined that was on and I was afraid of I fall. But man, I climbed it so slow, it killed me climbing it. 75 hours fasting. Go fill the water. Me, me, Ken. Ken comes down, right? And Ken thinks he's funny, yeah, trying to wind me up, right? He kept hiding behind the rocks when he came down. And I started screaming and crying, right? 85 hours into the fast or 80 hours into the fast, whatever. I actually imagined, because I knew Ken was going to bring loads of food, right? He loves his food, right? He's like fucking the beast he is. And he loves his food. So I started imagining. Oh, he was so obsessed about eating that he didn't appear. He's walking down the mountain with him. He just disappears. Can, can. Didn't answer. Hiding for 20 minutes on me. Winding me up, you know. Can. Screaming and crying. Oh my God, what am I going to do? He didn't appear, he didn't appear. That was at the walk down. Mind you, would not feel it. So how am I going to do this? So it's with him. Dripping balls anyway. So I'm telling Ken about the farmer coming down with the cattle every night. Six days. We're waiting there. Six o'clock, half six, seven o'clock. They didn't appear. <laughs> he says, Glenn, you were imagining it the whole time, you stupid bastard, right? So he was started freaking out. So then anyway, at the end of it, we wake up, 99 and a half hours, cleaning the table, having the food ready. I says to Ken, I'm concentrating on tomahawk steak. I don't want to know anything. This is the mission. I'm at to prove my point. My, by the way, a lot of people listening to this will think this fella is a raven nutcase, which... They can say, you can say that, but my mental health... Fair assessment. In the 100, <laughs> the 100th hour of a fast, I went from not being able to get out of bed over a breakup, right, and over mental health and over other stuff people getting to me, to I felt like I could walk on water. I felt like superior, the strongest. My whole core was like, when you, when you don't eat for 100 hours, when you, don't, when you appreciate every boy, you appreciate everyday life. So anyway, Ken says to me, Glenn, I'm sorry to tell you... Uh, Look behind you. And I says, Ken, no, stop. I start screaming and crying. There's two black boats pulling up, right? So the first thing I thought in my mind is, it's not normal. Soil them as seekers, right? And Ken, winding me up, winding me up to bits. They've arrows, Glenn. They've arrows, right? And I says, ah, oh, Ken, Jesus Christ, will you stop, like, you know? They're not there, Glenn. They disappeared, right? So anyway, I says to Ken, record everything. I'm not, I'm concentrating. On Tomahawk, yeah? Anyway, what happened was, what happened was, they come into the cave, scuba divers, right? But they, they had flippers on and the, the blade and the goggles Goggles. and the, the missile suit. Well, what's, what's the thing called? The tank? <laughs> scuba. Scuba tank. The oxygen right? tank, yeah. Right, coming into the cave, 12 of them, right? 12 of them. And I says, Ken, I'm not. I, I, ref- I says, 
your man says uh, to me, take a picture. It didn't exist. I was just thinking of Tomahawk. I says, if Scooby Doo was in this cave, I thought it was imaginary, you know? And Ken's falling around laughing, take a picture, shut your mouth. The fire wouldn't lie. So they go, right? 100 hours and 14 minutes without eating, right? Who appears? The farmer. Bro, bro. <laughs> the dog, right? Ken says, Glenn, can you see that head like poodle? Dalmatian style dog. Yeah. I'm not imagining it now. He says, right, so do the maths, yeah? I says, I'm shit, I have maths dyslexia. He says, do the maths, right? Think for a woman, right? Slow down, because I'm, I'm a bit, bit scared, right? A bit scared. A dog would mark down. On its own. Where? Where? Tourist, because it's a cliff. Farmer, right? He could appear at any time, right? So I heard all the forums and I heard all the messages, right? So he gets to the cave. I run behind Ken, raising it and record it, run. Because if he had seen me after him telling me not to go down, he would have known I was there a week, right? So Ken says, Ken is simple, by the way, right? Ken says to him, instead of saying, what Ken tried to say was, we're respectful people, we're respectful, we're clean the beach. Ken says, respect, right? Respect! Screaming, right? So then, I don't know why, he decided to stand on a rock. Maybe it was an ego tent, stand over Ken, and then he got further. He's seen all these stakes on fire. The three stakes that I didn't like the night before was on fire, right? <laughs> Screaming, right? Screaming. You know, start screaming, I'm going to blow your head off, right? So I'm there, hiding under the tent, trying to eat raw tomahawk steak, you know, fast milky bars getting hit them. Then he sees me, oh my lord, running from me, right? So Ken is, you seen Ken lacking? Yeah. He, he's a bodyguard, fella. bodyguard, yeah, yeah. right? I'm going to give you the counter tree to get off my land. And he's screaming, you know, how long have you been here? Right? And I was breaking my shoulder off because I still think, I didn't think it happened, you know, it's like, yeah. it didn't happen. And then anyway, Climbed up, and you know a lot of people give me stick. You should be, you shouldn't be eating steak and like that after hundred hours fast. So I'm up there, Ken is struggling. Your farmer's gone back to the gaff. We're crossing his land, and um, yeah, straight away, severe diarrhea from the food that I eaten on top of the mountain in his land, and and it was just nuts. So that was that's coming to the end of of the hitchhike. And the reason why I do it again, relating on on OCD plus, it's we were talking about it to finish this podcast. We're five minutes over, 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 as usual. But OCD and ADHD, people laugh. You're looking for attention, right? So the OCD, like I was telling Terence, you know, last year, I'm the most obsessed man in the world. And to end the story, uh, a lot of people have the urge and the impulse when it's again back to drink, drugs, prostitute, other stuff like that. And a lot of people, and I want to thank you as well for having me because... Nobody addresses this. Nobody says this. I've been pulled from every book, every publisher, every director, every producer, everyone. You can't say this. You, 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 you're they're trying to normalize mental health, right? But I've lost a lot of friends, and we're going to lose a lot, a lot, a lot of people because of the war on drugs with mental health. And people don't realize that how dangerous it is. I'm in full control of my thoughts, OCD. I'm going to put this out here, the last story. I'm going to leave myself vulnerable, right? For everybody. I'm single now and in the future. My career, the way I'm going, a lot of people will see this and they won't agree with this, right? They won't agree with the way you speak, the way you're not supposed to speak. You're not supposed to say this, you're not supposed to say that. But the reason why these people kill themselves over drugs is because of the toxic shame, toxic trauma, what they've been through, what they've done, right? I know this because I've done it and in the Cook Islands I was going to kill myself for being found up an alleyway in Barcelona with a prostitute. That was in episode one, right? And other stuff like 
when I would drink, when my ADHD and OCD, I would get, I would have to, my get, use, I would have to, I'd get this urge in my dick. And like everyone else with OCD, it's normal, right? I would have to sleep with someone, you know? Literally, it'd get to the stage where I'd have to sleep with an exhaust pipe. It's barbaric, right? Because you're so obsessed. OCD plus. People say, ah, everybody has OCD, right? It's so underdiagnosed. It's completely underdiagnosed. Beyond belief, right? And it's, it's ludicrous because you go out, you drink, and you do drugs. Then you sleep with ladyboys. You sleep with prostitutes, whatever. You can't deal with it, right? But when you take away, right, it's normal for, for that stuff to happen. You don't, well, don't do that sober, you know? And the other people, if, if more people heard about, they're not the only one that does this because the shame that they have, they're not the only one that does that, that it's actually okay. But a lot of people, a lot of women would wouldn't agree with it. A lot of future employers wouldn't agree with that it's, it's disgraceful what you've done. But... Believe it or not, it's very normal for somebody with OCD. As I was saying, I had 780 euro worth of Nigerian gear. When I say Nigerian gear, right, this is OCD, right? Nigeria.com, I googled, right? For training and went speaking to a few Americans. So, my missus at the time, Glenn, what are you doing? We're supposed to be going away. Yeah, and? Don't tell me how to spend my money. Why have you got 780 euro worth of Nigerian clothes? Look what you're doing. Nigerian socks. Nigerian water bottle, Nigerian shorts, Nigerian hat, Nigerian scarf. It was the middle of summer, right? Completely obsessed. So you have to solve down. But of course you're going to put stuff on that with drink. But it's very underdiagnosed. So the reason why people are dying is because of they can't deal with the shame. Do you not understand? Mm, yeah, 100%. And, and it's okay. But they, I'm not saying, I, I'm open about it because I don't give a fuck what people think. But I'm not saying you have to tell people. That yeah. you slept with prostitutes or, you, or, or that you've done that. I've done things you regret. Yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of people are getting hung up on it, is what you're saying. And yeah. how they deal with that is they drink more. Yeah. Yeah. And that, what that then leads to is you making even more mistakes yeah. that you're going to regret then. Yeah. So what you need to do is you start with, you take, you get rid of the mechanism which is going to lead you down that path, as you were saying, which is drink, because drink leads to cocaine, leads to bad decisions, leads to regret. Yeah. If you take the drink away, you don't make them bad decisions. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's back to, I had to, I knew in Sweden, right? Mm. Drink was, I, I, lost, I lost my best friend and I addressed the problem. So I knew, right, drink was doing that. Now, I didn't do coke, so I didn't do ladyboys. I actually wish I did. It would have been a great story to write about a ladyboy, <laughs> wouldn't it? Writing about this big, big dick, you know, yeah. shaking but you in knew your face. Drink but was I knew drink, drink was like, I would downgrade women. I would be a bastard. But of course, people say you can't use drink as an excuse. Three years, my friend says to me, Glenn, who's the craziest person you know? I says, you are. He says, what are you talking about? You are. So I says, okay, last three years, tell me one thing that I've done crazy. And he stopped. He was thinking, oh my God, actually, I can't think. I says, exactly. The only reason why people call me crazy is because of what I've done under the influence. Mm. If you have ADHD, OCD, lactose tolerant, <laughs> everything on top, you, you were lactose intolerant, you put fresh cream on top of lactose tolerant, what happens? Yeah. You start shooting in, in the, yeah. uh, the duck's pond. In the duck's <laughs> pond. You know, I, I asked the coffee shop not to put fresh cream on me, lactose and free coffee. Yeah. I shit my pants in the duck's pond. Of course. So you put drink on top of ADHD, what's going to happen? It's a recipe for disaster. So I needed, I needed, right, I can't drink, 
Right? No, I can drink, but when when I drink, this stuff happens. So the same anybody out there that's listening that has a drug problem, this and that, you need to understand when you drink, like you go out, this is the problem, straight away with the end on this. This is the problem. You think a lot of people think that, right? I'm I don't I'm not bad on drugs, I'm not on the session, right? But what if, right? And I know I know a lot of people that would go out once. I know somebody that used to go out once every six months to a year, right? He's no longer with us, right? Because that one time. That one time mm. you go out do drugs for a two hour session or drink outrageous stuff, barbaric stuff would happen. So then what would what would happen would be, you know, then you do stuff and you can't deal with it, right? You can't face it, but you then you do something stupid. So it's not worth it. So you need to figure out a way That's how why to... that person's taking so long away at a time. Yeah. Because that one time they're drinking, they're like, I can't do that again because they feel so, so bad. They're toxic to... shame. They take so long and then there's that one time again. You need to figure out a way not to run away from alcohol and drugs, to live with it. You mm. need to find a way, right? How am I going to stay alive? Because any man and his dog will tell you, I don't give a bollocks. I'm going out. I'm, I'm a legend. Why are you a legend? Because, you know, people only tell you you're a legend because you have... Less bigger problem than them. Do you know what I mean? But until everyone's a legend on the session, until they have to go home. So you have to go home at some stage and you're lying in bed on your own. And you're with your thoughts, or you're probably still up and you're still doing drugs and you're still drinking. But this, you're not yeah. the legend anymore when you're sitting there depressed out of your head and you're not with the boys anymore because the night has to end. Uh, whether it's the third night or the fourth night that you're still out going and you have to go home at some stage and be on your own. Yeah, mm. and, and back to the, the last story. And I don't, again, you said to me today, Glenn, you don't have to say anything that's going to get you into trouble, right? And to end this story, it's, it's back to, Roy. This story is for all my brothers, Roy. My brothers that I have recently lost, Roy. And my brothers that I'm going to lose. And people that I'm going to lose, Roy. This is for the people that are suffering and the people that cannot deal with the shame, Roy. It's back to, I was raised by two women, Roy. My mother, my grandmother, the most beautiful women in the world, raised with the utmost respect. So, but I treat women like royalty, how they should be treated, right? But back to drinking, the last time I drank, the last time I drank, straight up, in an alleyway, you know, had a prostitute. We know the story. The and we told the story. It's episode so, one. Right, yeah. So, listen back on episode one to anybody that's episode struggling. Nine. Well, it's, it's episode, also money, episode one. Yeah, episode yeah. Right, nine. So, episode nine. so, to anybody, listen back. We don't need to explain the story again. No. Listen back, and to anybody that, un- that doesn't understand mental health, you know, it's getting better. We need to address that this is real for the future generation and the generation today because OCD, ADHD, every mental illness is real. And the war mm. on drugs, you know, one drink and you're one lying away from a coffin. Definitely. And that's why I think we're trying to get out here, so, so that it's okay to, if you're abusing this stuff, don't be ashamed of it. If you're abusing drink and drugs and you're all, always under the influence and that's your coping mechanism, it's all right to come out and address that. No one's going to think any different to you. And parents, people probably think more of you. You hold your hand up and say, look, I have a problem. This is why I'm on the session four nights a week. This is why I drink. This is why I'm doing all this hoover. This is why I am struggling to cope. I don't know. I'm afraid of being sober. This is why I don't like being alone. Come out. We're, we're moving on as a society. It's, it's, we're it's, dealing how yeah. to cope with this. We're addressing it. You can be diagnosed. You could come out and say, do you know what, actually, mate? You had a traumatic experience when you were bleeding six. This is what happened. You lost this family member. Or this happened here. Or... When you're drinking, you're socially awkward, so you need to drink the fit There's in. a method. There's a method to everyone's madness. And to exactly. say that, a lot of people are afraid, right, to end it. A lot of people, I was terrified, right, for years. 
oh my God, what, what if a girl finds out this, right? Because no girl is going to message me back or no girl is going to understand me, right? But what I learned was, right, everyone is mad, right? Everyone does stuff, but most people are afraid to admit it. But if she can't see past the chaos, right, if she doesn't understand me, she's not the one for me. And a lot of people don't understand it. But I'm not going to relate and I'm not going to connect with somebody that doesn't understand ADHD, OCD, or understand who I am, right? I'm only going to connect with somebody like my last girlfriend, that she has taught me so much more than anyone in life that to be myself, that it's okay because our life experience at this table, what, what we are carrying, the sobriety society, what we carry here is worth more than gold. Because back to you mentioned something earlier about, about happiness, the way we're... Mm. Happiness, what, what we're doing with our life and what we're going... We could be anywhere, yeah. but we're here. So what happened was when Ternus went for the toilet and me and Sasa were talking about what he's doing in college and what he wants to go on to achieve. And what he said was, do you know what, financially it might not be great. And I said, well, some people don't need financial reward to be happy. Mm. No, I, like Some people would be happy to fulfill on the table, but if their job is making them happy and satisfied, they don't mind then. Yeah. That's why the saying is, if you love your job, you'll never work a day in your life. Mm. Because yeah. the happiness is so rewarding. Definitely. So that's why I get that from you. So, so it resonates with you are going to college to study art and you want to express yourself and you're saying you can't get the chance and this is how you're going to get the chance. So maybe financially you'll struggle because it's not financially rewarding in the beginning, but you'll be satisfied. You'll have that gratitude because you know you're expressing yourself through an art form. Yeah. And this is how you channel yourself again, this energy. You know what I mean? Some people are out there, they're not happy with what they're doing. Some people like, I know people who are PTs, they're fucking delighted with life. They might not be on major money. And some people, like, you'd see people changing career path, taking a pay cut, but they're passionate about what they went on it's to in achieve. The back to, it's back to, again, another book. And that's happiness. Another book before that cha changed my life, reading The Alchemist. So it's, no matter what happens, following your heart. And, and this is, obviously, the Cook Islands, what happened, we, we, we touched on that in the first episode miserable with your, my own private island and that's what happened you achieved what you wanted to yeah. achieve and then you realised you know what this is not it and yeah. do you know what resonates with that when Tyson Fury became world champion it was when he hit yeah. his pit of depression exactly. he's nothing left to achieve he hit that goal but I, like, do you know what this isn't actually all it cracked up to be but I give you a laugh because when, when that happened after the Cook Islands I was like right everyone's going to laugh at me I want a career in the arts there's millions of artists out, here, out there that get paid you're artists what are you doing but now? we don't get paid no, I know, but but there's no. I mean, there's millions, there's millions of artists that have are making a living out of art. Well, yeah. they're, they're, they're happy artists, right? And happy yeah. artists, dangerous artists. But I was in a, I was in Jamie Oliver's restaurant in London, and your man asked me, "See me CV? You have the job. What do you want to be when you're forty? He says to me, "I lie through my teeth. Want to have restaurants. Want to cook at the highest level. Went outside, started screaming and crying. Don't want to cook. Me, I don't give a fuck about tomatoes and shallots and red wine, right?" How am I going to express my life on red wine and chalice? But with the arts. And the thing is, it's back to following your heart. I was miserable at the age of 30, right? Where you could say the world at my feet, walking anywhere in the world. Miserable. The most unhappiest. And that's so dangerous for your mental health. But now, now, I am a struggling artist. When I mean struggling, I'm 34. I moved back in with my ma, you know. I'm going, I'm going to start college today. And sitting here can ha say me hand in my heart, I'm doing what I love. And if I die tomorrow, I will die the happiest ever. I may never make and it. That's the beauty in the struggle. When you're happy, you already made it. You know exactly. what I mean? 
and it's an absolute pleasure. All Fat right. legends. And so, so thanks for coming back on. No, thanks, thank you. This boys. has been another fucking roller coaster. <laughs> I think we're gonna have to do a separate series with you. Oh, Let's leave it. Oh. What was that? Thirty-two episodes. Let's leave another fifty. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what? Episode hundred, part three. So somebody. No, God no, only knows what you're gonna right, up to absolute, between now and then. Absolute legends. So, no, so thanks but, I, much, but come here to me. I want to say one thing as well. Um, just keep doing what you're doing. Energy is big man energy. Eliminating all big negativity. Big dick energy, yeah. No, hey, you have to show me how to walk like you have a big dick. Because you when, know, you know, walking in. No, I tried it, you know. I tried it, but when you know when you walk into the club, you know, like everybody hates you, you know, but mm. can't do it. They know straight away when they see me coming, he's a small dick. Mm. <laughs> right, we'll wrap this up. We'll leave it there. <laughs> Episode 41. Right. Take Follow, us out, Follow. Jamie. Boom. Subscribe to this podcast for free on the Go Light app. What you waiting for? Put your back in it. Just a little more. Try your way to the town. Fill your body up in. Walk it hard and long. When you finish that. The hip knocker. Go down. Go down. Go down.